Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly IMDb 250 podcast. My name's Darren. And I'm Andrew. My name is Andrew. And I'm Darren. In case this is your first time listening, this is an IMDb podcast. It relates to the top 250 movies of all time, according to the IMDb 250. Curated by users, ranked, voted, sorted. It's a populist list. It's very accessible. You have to movies have to have been seen by a certain volume of people in order to make the list. Uh, the demographics are interesting. I think it's got a wide variety of, of stuff on it. So what happens each week is we pick a film randomly from the list using a random number generator. And this week, what film did we pick, Andrew? This week, we chose Aliens. Our rudder, the random number generator, chose Aliens Don't for question us. the system, Andrew. No, no. The system God is infallible. <laughs> I'm not a cog in a machine. <laughs> Which is an appropriate enough segue. Yes, yeah. Did this this movie that we watched this week? We're 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 not going to we're not going to label you, you with any spoilers, not yet. Although, do you have any Game of Thrones spoilers that you'd like to get out on the air? Like Keep in mind that the, the podcast doesn't go out live, and by the time we go out, the season will have ended, and all the big revelations. Ned Stark is dead, people. What? Oh, you have... Oh, no. You mean he's Sean Bean and gone? <laughs> oh, dear. Sean Bean, the man of a thousand voices. All this of them is, from this Sheffield. This is what happens when I'm less... Post. All right, so then let's get down to business, Andrew. This week's film, Aliens. Yes. Had you seen it before? I had not seen this movie in its entirety. Really? No. I feel like this was something that was on telly, maybe, and then it was like, I may have had to scamper off to bed. Okay. And, and miss the the end of it. I, 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 I can only assume that that's why. Because okay. I, 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 I certainly have seen it up until a point. Okay. Up until the point where it gets interesting. All right. <laughs> so about an hour and seven minutes into it. If you're talking about Aliens, right? One of the things about it is that it's a slow, suspenseful build for the first hour. And then stuff really starts happening, if we're talking generally. Yeah. So I'm sort of wondering, up until the point you'd seen it, was it you saw the slow build and then... You just went to bed, or you were sent up, or you freaked out. Let me consult my diary from that day. Um, it's a sequel, obviously, to the movie Alien, directed by Ridley Scott in 1979. It's a classic of the genre. Have you seen Alien? I have. Okay. I had seen Alien, and I had seen it in its entirety. So this, it? this was the first time watching Aliens in its entirety. Okay. And you watched, now, we'll talk a bit about the cuts later on, but I believe you watched the director's cut, or the special edition I cut. I did, I did. Okay. I, 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 I had a bit of a freak out during the weekend okay. when, when, when we were meant to record. By the way, this is recorded in... No, yes. myself and Andrew watched the movie separately as opposed to, for example, The Name of the Father or um, what was the last week? It was Jaws. Jaws, which we watched yeah, together. which was a different experience. This, yeah. this is, I believe, the first one where I didn't have my Darren. To keep me company. And I didn't have my Andrew to point out when I laughed inappropriately at references or dated pop culture uh, nods. Yeah, so yeah. So it, it was a lonely... To put you on blast, as it were. Yeah, which I think is, is you know, appropriate for the film, for the context of the film. It's a very lonely, sad film in a way. It's also a big, explodey action film. It is. It's big and explodey. Yeah. And to the point where the characters ride around him was essentially a giant gun. I also watched the wrong version of the movie. What? That was 153 minutes. At one point yes. in the movie, they say... We have 26 minutes. And that's within, within, within the reality of the movie. I looked and there were 48 minutes left. 
it, when it, it lies says extended, to you. It lies to you well, is what Andrew's saying. The, ex- the extended part is true. Um, well, we'll talk a bit about the differences when we, when we get on to the particular scenes and stuff. We will indeed. But anyway, so from my perspective, I remember seeing Alien when I was very young. Um, I remember seeing it with my grandparents because I remember we talked about this. Oh, yeah. We talked about, like last week we were talking about uh, the appropriate age to see things and how your parents maybe kept you safe from stuff and my parents gave me American Psycho to read when I was 10. But, but your grandparents. my grandparents were super cool. They let me watch stuff like The Shining when I was nine. That was a great film. Gave me nightmares. It was fantastic. They let me watch Alien and Aliens. They knew better than to let me watch Aliens. Are these Alien maternal 3. or paternal? These are maternal grandparents. Maternal. So these are the same parents who had your mother watch The Shining. Yes, and had her freak out and gave her a lifelong fear of horror films. Decided which never got that over. that was a great idea. And then decided to do it with the grandkids. Well, I think it's more that they didn't have a chance to share that with, with my mother. But uh, no, I mean, I owe my grandfather a lot in terms of my taste in movies and stuff. So in terms of like, he introduced mm. me to Wes Craven, for example. He introduced me to John Carpenter. Uh, was it the Prince of Darkness, um, wow. In the Mouth of Madness, uh, The Serpent in the Rainbow, so stuff a lot like of cult. Deep cuts. Yeah, um, even like not, not just kind of not just a movie you might have heard of. Yeah, not just like your big blockbuster like Alien, Aliens, and all that sort of stuff, which he did in The Shining and stuff, but also even stuff like The Devil Rides Out, wow. uh, which so is the old Hammer horror film. A real grounding. So, uh, synopsis for anybody who's been living under a rock and is not familiar with the basic plot of Aliens. Uh, Aliens is a sequel to the Ridley Scott film that we already discussed. Yes. It takes place afterwards. Uh, the lead character from the first one, the only survivor of the Nostromo, is Ripley, played by Sigourney Reaver, uh, who has become like an icon in her, own, in her own time. She's like the default action heroine character. She wakes up 57 years after the disaster, and then turns out, oh my god, she's got to deal with this again, except there's more of them. So yeah, she's enlisted in a mission by the Marines to go back and basically to face her demons, which are literally manifested as flesh-eating yeah. aliens. Yeah, the the, the um, it's I really I really like the beginning of this movie, but I guess we're we'll 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 talk more specifically about that in in a moment. Yes, we will. For anybody who's listened to the podcast who hasn't seen it, Andrew, is it worth watching? It's is. I would agree. With it that, is. Sorry. It is worth watching. I would, um, I would I would say it definitely is worth watching. You haven't seen both director's cut and the, we'll, the actual we'll, cut. We'll get later on to kind of my um, opinions yeah. either way about it. But yes, I, yeah. I, I, Just I do feel it is worth watching. I would agree. That, that. That's 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 not by the way a rave review. Oh, okay. Ooh, I would I would suspense. rave heartily. I would rave heartily about it, and I would suggest if you have to choose between watching the director's cut and the theatrical cut, I would say watch the theatrical cut. This um, may be, <laughs> this this may be, be the issue. But I would suggest the director's cut is also very worth watching in its own right. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would agree. Um, right. I'm, not, I'm not taking a dump on the director's cut at all. This is the point where you listeners, if you haven't seen the movie already, can go off, watch the movie, pause the podcast, come back afterwards and we'll talk about it. If you've already seen it, we're about to enter, Andrew. The spoiler zone. Thank you, and we're back in the spoiler zone. We're going to talk a bit more in depth about the film. Welcome to the spoiler zone. Yeah. All right, so let's talk. I think last week we talked about themes first, and that seemed to work relatively well. What? Okay, well, what did you like about the movie? What didn't you like about the movie in a big, sort of broad sense? In a broad way. So not talking about specific scenes, but perhaps talking about specific players. Bill Paxton. Really? Bill Paxton? Ton? Yeah, not Bill Pullman. 
Not Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman is the Today's Our Independence Day guy. Bill yes. Paxton is the game over guy. Terrible in this movie. What? Yes. Wait, what? Terrible. Hudson, right? Hudson. The most mimetic, quotable character. The character who people know lines from even if they haven't seen the film. There are some great lines. Yeah. The thing, the thing about Hudson was, as the movie went on, I started to like him more. But in, That's in, the point. In, it's... it's and, and I think maybe I'm confusing things I didn't like for characters I didn't like. <laughs> and weren't meant to like, maybe, initially. And maybe weren't meant to like. It's over, man! <laughs> what was it? Game over, man! <laughs> but initially, yeah, it was, it was just a kind of... Um, God cannot stand... What, what is he doing? Well, Bill Paxton. To, he's meant to be this sort of alpha male nonsense crap. Like he does the... like, And this is in the extended cut and not in the theatrical cut, to be clear. But he does this big rant in front of Ripley where he's like, we got semi-automatics, we got automatics, we got explosives, we got grenades, we got rockets, we got shark sticks. Oh, yeah. Like I, remember, I remember watching that and thinking... Um, I hope he gets eaten by an alien. Yeah, but too much sci-fi babble. Really? I, I I know that there was a lot of of improv yeah. in this movie, um, and some of it I really appreciated, like uh, Arturian Poontang, for example. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Which is interesting. I mean, because I, I, I was reading a bit of research about that, and Keith Phipps, who writes at the um, Dissolve, made a very clever argument. I'm not sure I buy it that. The line is structured to seem transphobic and homophobic, where the, the soldiers are initially ribbing each well, other. But it's the opposite. But it's the opposite. Yeah, so it begins they, with the, you know, except the one you got was male. And they're like, ah, he messed with a, he had sex with a dude. And then says, they say... When it's a Turian, it doesn't matter. And then all the other soldiers kind of agree. It's like the yeah, point is dropped. You made like, a good argument. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which I think, um, I think Keith Fitz makes the argument, it's one of the most quietly progressive moments in the entire film. Yeah, the the the, the um, I believe the actor came up with that line um, okay. is 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 in agreement. Okay. He thinks he was that 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 was a very very ahead of its time because it wasn't written. Yeah, yeah. So it 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 was it wasn't some sort of a choice, but maybe it was a choice um, after the fact to leave it in. to leave it in. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I I like the line a lot, but I mean, the, what what I what I mean more is the. I, it really annoys me when science fiction is um, is fiction uh, more than science. In um, in, 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 in the, the movie same... is called Aliens. Yeah, no, no. What 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 I mean is when when it seems like the fiction isn't grounded in 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 some sort of a okay. um, when 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 the jargon is fairly kind of arbitrary. Yes, but yeah, I, if you, 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 techno babble. Yeah, techno babble. That, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Which is the I'm, and to make it clear, I I I've, I've started by saying, kind of the, the I I started with the stuff I didn't like. The stuff I didn't like is is such a such a small small little um, little qualm. All right. Well, that I, that I had, I did like this movie. We'll we'll deal with the stuff you didn't like, and then we'll move on to stuff you like, and that will take up a lot longer. So let's let's get back to the stuff you didn't like. Come on, Technobabble. Give me an example. Like, like, lay it on me. Well, Technobabble on. 
techno Babylon. You 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 want you want actual examples? Well, I mean, of just the... okay. Well, give me a scene where the, where you feel like there's techno, where you feel like the scene is dragged by techno Babylon. Because I'm trying where, to think where 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 they're where they're going into the. I mean, it's a certain amount of foreshadowing, but when they're going into the lair of the um, of the aliens of the aliens, where 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 they've located where all of the col- colonists are. Excuse me. And they've gone into the lair. Um, fantastic scene, but just 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 before that, they're they're talking all about all about coolant and ducts, and um, they're talking about the rounds yeah. that they're using. What? And okay. What? There's 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 all of this like mind numbing detail. And, I think that and, and serves it, a very it, clear purpose, though. Like it anno- it annoys me in a movie if it was a show. Where they're building a whole universe slowly and kind of introducing these kind of well fleshed out sort of technologies and um, those kind of things, then then fair enough, like like feed feed it to us. But when when you just when you just fall into this and they're talking, like like it would well, be like w- w- walking into um, an actuary's office and then. Um, Talking about actuarial terms, and 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 you're 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 sitting around thinking, are they making this stuff up? And then you find out they are. Okay, well, None of what they said <laughs> is actually a term at all. They were they were just that, trying to sound smart. In that we we don't actually have terraforming systems at the moment, or pulse rifles, or anything like that. Well, here I I would argue that that techno babble, as nonsensical as it is, serves very clear plot and thematic purpose that justifies it. Right, so when there are... I didn't, about... I didn't like it. I, I okay. aesthetically didn't, okay. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't like it. It, it, me... it, it uh, For the, the movie, it made sense. In, in, I think it in, more... in, in, in the sense of a, a lot of these uh, techno babble phrases um, were important for the plot of the movie. But no, no. I, 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 I didn't I didn't like the um I didn't think I didn't this is going to be this is going to be controversial but I didn't think it was a very good well written movie. I you mean actual like it, the dialogue line to line like the dialogue the... line to line and I I I I thought it was a good it was a well written movie in terms of the themes um structure and the yeah and the structure of the movie I think the dialogue is 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 the issue that I had with the writing. Okay. I I thought I thought a lot of the dialogue was was not good. I would argue and I'm not going to I'm not going to argue that the dialogue in say Aliens is as good as the dialogue in for example Alien. Um but what I would say uh, with regard to that is that at this stage in his career Cameron is a science fiction writer. He's just come off Terminator and that sort of thing and he's very interested in the trappings of science fiction, occasionally hard science fiction, um, where you do get that sort of like, I'm going to put pseudo-scientific terms in so they sound like I know what I'm talking about, even though I don't necessarily. Yeah, I noticed but, that he was one of the writers on this, by the way. Yeah, yeah. he is. It's, it's very much, he's, he, this is a Cameron film through and through. Yeah. And we'll probably talk about that in a second when we get to themes and stuff. But when it comes to the techno babble specifically, right, so you're talking about the scenes where they're talking about the cooling ducts, where they're talking about... Uh, the type of ammunition that they're using. Mm. Well, those like those are lines that that serve the plot, like in particular, because it allows Ripley to point out that Gorman has no idea what he's doing. And even if you don't understand, or even if the words don't make sense, 
the way that they're delivered and the way that they're positioned in the film makes that intent clear. Yeah. Um, and I think the same is true then of, say, the sequence where uh, Hudson is boasting about all the techno babble that they have. Like, it's not the techno babble that matters. It's the fact that they think they're technologically superior, and they are technologically superior, but that's going to count for absolutely nothing. The fact that he can... I, I think instances. we're giving Cameron a lot of credit there. Okay. I, 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 I think he has as much care for the words as the characters do. Oh, yeah. um, that that it's a throwaway line for them, oh, yeah. and it, it's a throwaway line for him. I and would it's just disagree. The like, ducks, <laughs> plasma, plasma. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like uh, like sci-fi bingo. It's a laser plasma um, invert laser plasma invert, invert fusion. Yet, <laughs> yeah. I I I think, and this is this is the nucleus yeah. of the laser <laughs> plasma fusion. Um, interlay. Yes, exactly. Okay, I I understand where you're coming from, but I I think it serves. I think it serves a purpose, and I will acknowledge the Cameron's dialogue. I think you're being is... very kind because I like sci-fi. It's yeah. probably one of my favorite genres. I don't think there is an episode of Star Trek: Next Generation that I haven't seen. I don't think there's an episode of Star Trek I haven't seen. That's something I'm proud to say. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot boast. boast. Yeah, or be- would because not boast. a lot of Star Trek is terrible. Is terrible. I love it dearly, but yes, a lot of it. But a lot of everything is terrible. Sturgeon's Law. Ninety percent of everything's crap. I won't watch in, that crap. In fact, ninety percent of the Alien sequels are also crap. I liked uh, I Alien Four. What? The, okay. the one with the... Was there a basketball scene in that one? We'll talk about that well, later. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, I think you just lost your, your critiquing Cameron's Any, anyone, dialogue. Anyone who was on my side. Just immediately defected. <laughs> immediately. Okay, so you didn't like the Technobabble. What else, was there anything else you didn't like, or will we get on to the, the stuff that you did like? I've mentioned Bill Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah, sorry. Let's so we we sort of got off Bill Paxton onto onto techno babble. He got off easy. Yeah, what's yeah. wrong with the, so? I think it's very easy to say um, after a movie that um, such and such was a choice. I feel like with a movie like Aliens, where so much of it is improvised, improvised, um, it's got to be on the fly. You got to be realizing. Wait, what is Bill Paxton doing? Yeah. I love Bill Paxton. I love Bill Paxton in generally. Uh, just no, okay. I I like Hudson. I think I think you are meant to st- like. I think Hudson's arc, whatever about improvising, right, and individual scenes being improvised. I think Hudson's arc, as it maps across the film, which can't be improvised by virtue of it being a scripted film <laughs> that is incredibly heavy on production value, um, is basically that of him starting out. Not as- entirely scripted. <laughs> yes, but like his arc has to be like you have to know that you need Bill Paxton for a set number of days, so he's going to die X, or you need to know that he's going to die X, so you can work backwards from there. So you need to know that he has to have a sort of a redemptive arc, or he has to you know endear himself to the audience, so he can start off a bit gruff and a bit sort of. Well, let's talk quickly about the production of Aliens. When the studio decided that it wanted a sequel to uh, the original Alien, which was a massive success in 1979. They waited a long time to, to see it happen, to see it come together. They decided it was going to happen in 1986. While it was happening, Ridley Scott was busy making uh, Legend. While, um, so Ridley Scott was not available to do the sequel. Ridley Scott had his own ideas for the sequels. Um, 
that where he wanted to take the film. He wanted to do something that was a lot like what we end up with with Prometheus, which again we'll probably get to a bit later. But he wanted to do stuff that delved into the origin of the alien. He wanted to do stuff like stuff with pyramids. He wanted to do stuff like chariots, the gods sort of stuff, which he got round to doing in Prometheus. But the studio didn't have time or they weren't interested in having him do that. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Yeah. So while he was working on Legend, uh, they drafted in James Cameron. James Cameron signed, I believe, after... Who, who had done Terminator. Who had done Terminator. He'd done Piranha 2, which he doesn't like people to talk about. A uh, sequel to the Joe Dante Piranha film, which was itself a rip-off of Jaws, if we're building this whole shared 250 universe that we're doing. So Cameron was drafted in, basically, to do this, do this job for this studio... Um, under immense time pressure. They had a release date uh, that was set in stone. Wow. He was taken to Pinewood. He was told to rush through it. Um, he rushed through it phenomenally. The production of Aliens is tremendously fraught, right? So, for example, and this is, I love this, right? It was filmed in Pinewood Studios in England, right? And when yeah. Cameron went to film there, he was astonished. He had several big blowout confrontations with the cast and crew. Uh, some of those confrontations were artistic. So, for example, in the hive scene, you know the hive scene, which we'll probably talk about later, yes. which is fantastic. Yeah, I love that. The lighting scene. director wanted it lit strongly, and Cameron was like, no, it needs to be dark and atmospheric. And the lighting guy was like, no, what are you, what are you doing then? I know what I'm doing. I want it lighter. So Cameron fired him, which caused the entire production staff to walk off. Oh, I heard this story. Yeah. And then Gail Ann Hurd had to get them to come back in. Um, he was astonished by the amount of tea breaks that the staff would take, which is the most delightfully English... Um, piece of trivia yeah, ever. It's... So it was under immense time pressure. And production was so tight that when it came to scoring the film, um, James Horner uh, came in and he couldn't score against the finished cut of the film because that was still being put together. He had to slice against a work cut. And the battle, the, the soundtrack to the battle sequence between Ripley and the Queen at the climax of the film was actually written, I believe, overnight. Oh. To the point where James Horner said that he would never... Same, same hive scene. No, with no. The, with the lighting? No. Oh, sorry, the battle... The battle in, at the very end the, with the Queen. The Queen the... doesn't show up to the end. And there weren't any press screenings of the film because the final cut was not finished until, like, the day before the premiere. Oh, my That goodness. is how incredibly tight and traumatic the people production People must have thought it was a turkey. Oh, yeah, people were terrified. Like, I mean, even looking back on it, it's a miracle. No, but the, the, the press, oh, yeah. who were not invited to the screenings, <laughs> yeah. and you can't... been like, oh, it mustn't be very good. Yeah, it's you... like, oh, no, no, don't worry. It's, it's just good. It's just we haven't made it yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, that, oh. that completely turns around my opinion about it. Oh, dear. Yeah. So no, like I think that's very much in mind when you're talking about like uh, when you're talking about the pressures under which it was under which it was constructed. Yeah. All right, so let's talk then. This is the stuff you didn't like. Yeah, what did you like then? H or Giger, Human Resources Giger. Well, his his, his, his creation, his creations were outstanding. Um, I I also liked the um, this was a movie. It seemed having having only just been born in 1986, I don't really have the a um, contemporaneous account to give of those times. But it seemed to me like it was a movie of the t of its time, in 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 the sense that it seemed to be it seemed to have a lot to do with uh, Reaganism in the same way that RoboCop seemed to. 
and and I I really like the way I I I know I know we're not really kind of going deep into the themes yet, but 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 but, oh, we're back to talking about RoboCop again. (laughs) This is just the RoboCop podcast. The IMDb two fifty. Last week we spoke about RoboCop too. This week we're speaking about (laughs) RoboCop. Yeah. Um, Yes. Um, So yeah, did I I I I thought I thought the themes within this movie were really interesting now we will get to talk about the themes in depth we'll see we'll see we'll see what i thought the major themes were another another one i i i thought was very interesting was uh the role of women in the world and and i think those were important themes then i think they're still important very now. important themes now and i and i think they're perhaps themes that don't really get um investigated now the way they, they were then. then or certainly not in the same way all right well let's let's dig into the themes then so you're giving us a nice so I, I that's that's the thing i liked about this movie all right the, the, most. the thematic was, richness was, of it yes yeah yeah i i and um and hr giger's gorgeous okay um alien you know well let's talk a bit about disgusting about disgustingly the, gorgeous let's talk about the hr giger aliens for a bit because they were actually redesigned they were they were they were based on H.R. Giger's designs. Yes, and Cameron himself entirely designed the Alien Queen, derived from uh, Giger's designs. Mm. He also modified the designs in a way that Giger, at the time, he softened before his passing, but at the time, Giger was not entirely pleased with certain choices that he made in the presentation of the alien. So, for example, the ridges on the on the head, the phallic ridges. Mm. Um, I would have thought the phallic ridges were were Giger's jam. Oh, they were, but he thought that they should be more concealed and more ominous. Uh, whereas Cameron added more definition to them, which he really didn't like. He thought it made it less scary and less ominous. Huh. Um, there was also the face hugger. Uh, was they added basically fingernails to it and extended the tail? Yes, and I, I, that that r- reminds me of something I really liked. Was the they have a shot of uh, Ripley's fingers yes 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 well that, that's a that's a particularly brilliant shot and it's a shot it's actually one of the few things that's better about the director's cut because the transition in the director's cut mm. is from a person with a face hugger on their face it's the attack mm. on the colonists it's it's newt's father i believe um he is newt's father he's attacked by um the he's attacked by the face hugger he's lying on the ground and then it cuts to this pan of the camera going down, tracing uh, Sigourney Weaver, who has very nice hands, very long hands. Very pianist's hands. Yes, and traces them down to find... And again, it's going to be another smoking reference on this podcast. It's great talking about old movies. So much smoking. So much smoking, even in outer space, when you'd imagine oxygen's at a premium. But it's designed to evoke... Her hand is designed to evoke the face of Less smoking in this than some of her other movies. Than in, say, In the Name of the Father, or even in Jaws. Mm. Um, That's casual smoking. But uh, although Apone might a lot get of things have changed in the future. Yes. Yeah. What hasn't changed is smoking. Was was there any smoking in, in Alien? Yes, I believe there was. But it does have. I love one of the little details um, of that. And again, it's another thing that's only in the director's cut. Is the bit where the Marines are sort of running, basically run through the main street of the colony, which is outdoors, and there's like a little neon bar sign. And it's yes. like it's, the, it's the most grotty. It's the only touch yeah. of of humanity. It <laughs> in, seems in that like it's a little red neon. Yeah, bar, so. I, I wanted to speak about that. I was like, "What? That that seemed to be from another movie, like Pluto Nash or something." <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, 
there is no there is no sort of sense of the colony being a place community. for people. Yeah, a community. But do the people of LB four two six? I can't even remember LB four two six. Do the people of LB LV LV? Yeah. And does that stand for anything? I don't know. And was it the four hundred and twenty sixth iteration of? I think it's just it's to give you an I idea think of it's how empty space techno is. Babble. Yeah. Well, it's from the first film. The designation comes from the first film. Yeah. Yeah. So why why is it LV? LV. LV. So let's talk about those themes that you liked. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about those themes. So, so yeah, yeah I already mentioned a few. So yeah, maybe you want to go ahead. Oh, capitalism. Well, then yeah. you go with capitalism then. That that was that was one of my themes. Oh, okay. Um, and sp- specifically Reaganism. Um, and 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 the 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 idea that the private sphere and that a concern for money would override a concern for people, which but, which 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 I feel is a, is 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 something that today. I that I that I said is a concern today and isn't really something that's that's I think very well treated in blockbuster movies in of, contemporary of today. Yeah. I, I would agree entirely. But again, you have the irony of blockbuster movies generally being produced by large studios, which are in fact far more that's interesting. That's so subversive. Yeah. That, that, that's what makes these movies great, is yeah. their subversive quality. Yeah, and we're, talking, we're not just talking about aliens, we're talking about Robocop as well, for example. Exactly. Um, yeah. And even the other Verhoeven films like Total Recall as well, it's Handling of Mars and stuff like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Abs- like, it, it seems like it's, it's almost a taboo now. Well, this is the thing, right? So I think with Aliens, Aliens is a strange film because of the relationship that it has with its predecessor, Alien, right? Mm. In that there is this tension, I think, between the two films. So to a certain extent, Cameron is paying homage to mm. Alien. Like he's taking a lot of what he inherits from Alien. Uh, and I think that the anti-capitalist theme is is part of that. So I think the original Alien is also... The original Alien was remarkable at the time for sort of taking the used future design of, say, Star Wars and interpolating from that what a working class future would be like, where it's basically space truckers. The movie's basically space truckers. But... Where people are arguing over percentages. There is this interesting thing that um, they hold Ripley's job oh, yeah. over her. Yeah. Like, and and, and, it, and it, it's... It, 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 it's, it's it's this it's it's this amazing thing because there there are two motivations for her to do the unthinkable and go and, back and, and confront the alien and go LB. back and confront the one is the um, psychological given thing. Yeah. to oh, yeah one one is the psychological thing is getting closure yeah um by killing all of these aliens the other one is something suggested to her by Burke, who is a great character. We'll probably who, talk about who, him. In a... Oh, I love Burke. Talk... I, 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 I would have, I, I would have put him in the Most in the credit column, com, um, column. Yeah, yeah. Like I, Sigourney Weaver, I thought was fantastic, and I, 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 I love, I love so many moments uh, from her in the movie, and and um, we 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 should talk about her. Oh, a we're going to talk about this when we talk yeah. about the themes of like motherhood and feminism. Yeah, so. yeah. But, but for the moment, we're talking about capitalism. Burke, yes. Burke, who's great. Burke, he's, is... he's like the Mayor Vaughn of Aliens. Yeah, and you know what? Like he 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 isn't. There's nothing. There's nothing cartoonish about his him him being a villain. He is exactly what he is meant to be, yeah. and there is no. 
um, there is no cognitive dissonance with him. He is just <laughs> a man doing his job to the best of his abilities, doing, 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 being very resourceful. He he's getting if if everything goes Burke's way, he is getting employee of the month. And being con, 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 getting the key to the executive restroom. Getting the key to the executive restroom. Like this is and, his end game here. And there is no, there is no moment in the movie at which Burke realizes that the, he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 that, or that if there is a hell, <laughs> 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 and he's going straight to it. I, I, I wonder, is, is, um, like may, may, maybe that excuses him. His his complete so and utter what pure. Kind this of... is the thing, right, that I, I love about Burke, right? Yeah. Burke is, Burke is the ideal company man to the point yes. where he is so dedicated to the ideal of capitalism and the company that you, you get the sense that, like, his own personal safety, like, in the immediate sense of I'm on a planet surrounded by things that I've seen brutally murder trained marines and I probably want to get out of here quickly as soon as possible, that doesn't factor in. Like, when uh, the Marines suggest that they get off the planet and nuke the atmospheric processor. It does remind me of Mayor Bond in that sense. Because <laughs> yeah. in, in, in Jaws, nobody cared how many people were Died. getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. As, long as, as long as the, the economy kept churning. Exactly. Um, and the same thing here. Like, he talks about when, when they're like, we need to destroy it's the processor. It's a public relations disaster. Yeah. Well, his first response is, this installation has a significant dollar value attached to it. Yes! It's not. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is just a great line. Before or, yeah, because they they've decided to nuke it from the air. It's yeah. the only way, and um, it's brilliant actually because um, the the really um, and the, this 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 relate this relates to a theme that we're going to get to. But I'm just going to dip my toe Move into it, in it slightly to foreshadow, if you will, the 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 theme of the theme of. Um, women in the workplace and women's role in society. Um, he talked when he says that this facility has a significant dollar, dollar value, value. It's in response to Ripley's quite sensible suggestion that they, they that they nuke it from the air. It's the only way we can be sure we need to kill them all. Basically yeah. is her message. Then he, he, <laughs> He's like, hold on, let's <laughs> let's not go nuts here. Yeah. We did, yeah. It, and it, and it, her it, response is, "You can bill me as well," which I think you can bill me, which I thought was fantastic. The, the um, but then it's pointed out that actually this is in under military, military jurisdiction. And so so the 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 decision is going to go down to Hicks to Hicks. Yeah. Who, by the way, Hudson and Hicks are like the Anton Deck. Of of the of, of the of the yeah of of the U.S. Marine Corps U.S. Marine Corps because it, for a while nobody knows the difference between the them. difference between them and at one point they say Hicks and it's Hudson yeah or Hudson I'm, I'm and Hudson Hicks. he's Hicks I'm Hudson he's Hicks well to be fair it's like if Anton Deck put on helmets yeah the difficulty you would have telling them apart well to be fair that's to demonstrate that Gorman has no idea what he's doing no which he's... is a recurring theme <laughs> I love how repeatedly the movie hammers Gorman like well there there. There are some production in jokes in this movie. Yeah. I, I wonder if um, because I couldn't tell them apart okay. until until <laughs> late, 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 later on in the, movie. the line. By the way, production production in jokes. Jeanette Goldstein. Oh yes, yes, yes. this yeah. is the bit where who, Hudson remarks, who played Vasquez. Yeah. Um, uh, when <laughs> um, when her Hudson, agent told her. Yeah. yeah, it's like when she signed up, she thought this was illegal aliens. Yeah, no, she thought it said illegal aliens and signed up. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, that's 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 actually a reference to Jeanette Goldstein when she was auditioning for this movie. She she saw Aliens, and presumably it was a very rush schedule. As as, <laughs> didn't, as, get as, as yeah. didn't get to read the scene. Didn't get yeah. Just kind of saw oh uh, Aliens. I she, can play ethnic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 she she. she did she realise she'd be playing Vasquez? Did they assume that um, once she had been cast that 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 that, that she was a Latina? Because she's Jewish, I believe. She is, yeah. Which is isn't yeah, uh, strange. And, and she 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 found subsequently that she would she would get cast as <laughs> um, Latinas in movies based off based off of of of, of aliens because it's like oh she played Vasquez she could also play Rodriguez or Melendez <laughs> or Sanchez or Consuela yeah, yeah. Um, um, Hollywood, Hollywood constantly wow. raising the bar um, <laughs> at the most for a while they had Anthony Quinn who could play just about anything that's any not white ethnicity yeah, yeah anything that's not white yeah <laughs> we did get off track there we Burke. did get off yeah let's talk about Okay. Let's talk about Burke so, and 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 but, the, and what Burke represents. Well, what I like about Burke is that he's not. I think it's something by Cameron. Way, Burke does, is played by Paul Reiser, which is fantastic casting. Which is which is amazing, yeah. and and it's it's they do this sometimes in movies where they cast. Have 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 you seen the the, the what's it called the informant with yes. with Matt Damon? Yes, where That's he plays against type. It's chock a block full of comedians. Yeah. The, in serious um, roles. In serious roles. And all none of the comedians who were cast in that movie had any idea why, <laughs> why, that <laughs> why that happened. But yeah, anyway, sorry. I do beg your pardon. In in this movie, is Paul Reiser is playing Burke. Burke, by the way, is the representative... Carter J. Burke. Yes. Of Wayland yutani Yes. Wayland yutani Which is the omni-global megacorporation which runs the Alien universe. They were called the company in Alien. They're actually given the name Weyland-Yutani here, which I think speaks to Cameron's Cameron's interest, which we were talking about earlier, in labeling things Mm. um, and in technobabble and stuff like that. So it's not enough to call it the company. You have to actually give it a name, Weyland-Yutani. Burke is assigned to Ripley's case when she's woken up. And it's great, actually. If you're talking about the commercialist themes of the film, the opening line of the film has Ripley's shuttle that's been traveling through space for 57 years found. And yes. the salvage people are really disappointed that there's a living woman and a cat inside because it means they don't get salvage rights on the ship. It's like, okay, boys, salvage is called off. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's, okay, this human uh, life... There goes our salvage guys. There we go, that's well, exactly. Well, there goes our salvage guys. That's the first line of the movie. Which is like human life has sort of gets in the way of this mechanical economic process. And by the way, the the... It doesn't start with those men, um, uh, this salvage team walking in. No, it it's it starts with a machine and then another machine. Yeah, there's these. That that's one of the things I loved about this movie are the robots. Yeah, the robots are the mechanicalness of the future. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 there's one robot that cuts through the door. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. And then there's another robot that scans, scans the room with the one room. of those great 80s sort yeah. of smoky room it's laser like this effects. blue sort of ray, LED yeah. kind of ray just kind of like shining across there and I, I was like yes I'm on board this movie is brilliant and, and, and they do that and then bring in the people yeah. which, which, which and a lot of I feel like that's maybe a theme as well oh it is, 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 is the mechanization of the future is, yeah and, and, and the extent to which 
to which people are becoming redundant. Yeah. And, and what Burke is based, Burke is a cog in machine. Burke is more of a machine than uh, Bishop? Bishop is. Yeah. And I think that's one of the Bishop, clever things. Bishop, I love Bishop. One of the clever things about the film is that the film sets you up to think Burke is a good... B- uh, Bishop, by the way, is Played the... Lance Henriksen. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the... Um, Android. Android. Uh, what do they call him? Synthetics? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I prefer the term artificial person myself. And then you get... That's a great line of itself. Yeah. But then you get a great reaction shot of Paul Reiser um, as Burke like tapping his head with his palm as if to say oh stupid and he goes right as if oh my god i forgot this i didn't get, i i got the hr memo i forgot to realize it i don't know why that happened it won't happen again um but the film sort of starts with um starts from with, the hr memo from hr giger yes the, <laughs> but the film starts with uh you're, you're supposed to think burke is on ripley's side roughly uh in that he's he's sort of urging her to, get, to tell her side of the story. He's prepping her. He spent time with her. He brings her details about her daughter. Like, he's meant to be the warm, loving face of the company. And then it's gradually revealed that actually, no. No, he's not at all. Whereas Bishop... I, I wonder... Sorry. No, no, no. Go on. Go on. Well, I was going to say, whereas Bishop, you're initially suspicious of because in the movie Alien, Ash turned out to be an unstoppable killing machine mm. uh, and psychotic robot in the style yeah. of, say, David and Prometheus. Um, whereas Bishop turns out to be the no most spoilers from Prometheus. I've not seen that. <laughs> you haven't seen Prometheus. <laughs> now I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a sequel to Alien with a robot in it. The robot is creepy. It's not a spoiler. Uh, whereas I thought it was played by Michael Fassbender. I thought he was going to get down with everything. I thought it was going to be wholesome like... and happy. No, no, no. I thought it was going to be like shame, like shame, <laughs> shame, exactly. Yeah. Like shame. And it would be about the the synthetic. Oh, sorry, artificial person. Person. Who, um, dealing with his sex addiction problem, and then they have he's to literally explain... just a sex machine. It was a long beta process. It was, it but was. you eventually ended up with Bishop. Uh, yeah. But you're supposed to like Bishop's no beta process with us, though. I notice. I feel like that's maybe um, a problem with our um, system as it is, uh, as in our our. <laughs> this is me getting on my pulpit. Yeah, go on, go of, for it. Of our economic system, and that and that this is. Uh, a movie that speaks about that economic system is that they've taken the person out yeah. of the system because the person is flawed and imperfect, flawed and imperfect, and replaced with um, money or profit, yeah. which 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 is seen as a re- reliable and um, stable idea. And, yeah. and something to which people can make decisions yeah. on. For, for, for forgetting that, that... The whole um, point of the system is people. The whole, yeah, the whole point of... Civilization. Of who, who uses money, who, who gives money its worth... Is people rather people. than yeah. vice versa. When, 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 when you put something such as money um, in the wrong place <laughs> in the chain... Yeah. Yeah. You end up with terrible results. I think that's, that's interesting because, again, we're talking about things that Cameron inherited from Alien and things that Cameron brought himself, right? I think that he inherited some of the capitalism paranoia from Alien to the point where I don't think that his capitalist paranoia, while it's still there in films like Terminator 2 and it's still there in stuff like Avatar, is not as strong as it ever was in Aliens. Uh, but I think he also brought his own stuff. And it's, it's laid on fairly thick. Like, in, it is not subtle. The, no. the, 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 um, the whole... Um, we we spoke a little about about the dollar value of the um, installation. Facility, has a significant dollar value attached. Has a significant to it. dollar value attached to it. 
we haven't spoken about the very um, almost the very beginning of the movie when uh, Ripley has um, like her court martial type thing. Her here, yeah. She 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 has a disciplinary yeah. <laughs> meeting essentially where 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 where, she, where she's meant to be giving a debrief of what actually happened about how seven people died as a result yeah. of this but, mission that went but the focus own. is on the expense you, of the ship yeah that this, was this this thing minus has money payload. and you got yeah, yeah and, well, and the guys actually says minus payload yeah you 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 destroyed thing you destroyed this thing that costs money this money was was ours yeah. and this thing was ours and you must be insane yeah well i mean yeah, it happens... if, if 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 you don't value it as 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 you should have well it happens later on as well when you talk you've talked about this briefly when you were talking earlier um about it where burke pressures ripley one of her motivations um is that burke pressures ripley into coming along with the mission by basically holding her economic future to ransom yeah where he's like i know it's and it, it's and it's a wonderfully insidious scene because he's like Nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. It's a great job. I yeah. also know it's the only one you can get. Uh, but if you were willing to do this for us, we'd reinstate your pilot's license, I, get you a nice job. I don't think that's about money. You don't think that's about money? No, no. I what think that's about status. Okay. I genuinely do. I, okay. I, I think that Ripley um, is a... A woman mm-hmm. who has lost her career, um, who has lost her child, no. um, and is uh, the way they talk about her role. It's it seems it seems obvious that that it was that she had taken a while to get there, yeah, and that this this is. In some way, a high sta- status role, which 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 seems odd because essentially they're space truckers. Yeah. But th- well, she, I, f- I feel like the, this. She's one of only two female space truckers in the original Alien. It's only her and Cormac Cartwright. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's a big deal, and 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 this is, I believe, a point about women having careers, right. which I believe, at the time. Was sort of cutting edge or sort of pointed or very aggressive. I think more more so than it is today. I feel like and um, some treatments of of women and their role in society these days take too much for granted. Right. In the sense in in the sense of thinking that this that this is a battle that's been fought and won. Yeah. Where where it hasn't. I, I, I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong. Like this is making a point about um, the struggle for recognition or recognition for and for a career and for all of the things that men have had yeah. for so long and and hasn't um been available to women to to women i know i know that it's in the 80s and not the 60s um or 70s but it's still a factor but but, it, but it, it's particularly in the context of the reagan is. white house as well yes um, where yeah. you did have that resurgent conservative aesthetic and stuff like that yeah um and I mean, you talk about it as if it's not an issue today, as if like Hillary Clinton doesn't have a double standard attached to her when she's running for president. No, I think I, I I think it certainly is an issue today. I don't think it's treated as an issue the way yeah. it used to be. Yeah. Which 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 is um, a I think a, a 
a matter of complacency in our society and in the way Hollywood um, um, tackles or? tackles yeah these these issues that still exist. Mm. What do you what do you, what do you think? There, no, I, am, I, am I am I am I am I completely well, off base? No, I, I I think okay. I think well, with that in, in mind, then in, with, in case the listener doesn't know, I I'm I'm, I'm depending on Darren as the oracle, and the oracle <laughs> of truth here. Yeah. Uh, well, well, then with that, then we sort of we'll see golf, say the the um the sort of the economic aspects of it. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about the feminist aspects of it. Yes. Um, yeah. Because it is, as you stated there, there's a very definite feminist. Um, it's not even an undertone; it's an overtone. Blared, no, like absolutely. I, I think so. I think that's actually a stronger, yeah. um, more central theme, theme than uh, the economics than, than than the economics of this because the economics of it seems to be saying we're we're entering a dystopia yeah. um, where companies have far too much power and where all thoughts are directed towards money. And by the way, actually, while we're talking about companies having too much power, it's worth noting that a the colonists all have chips implanted to track them by the company. And B, Carter Burke has access to Ripley's psychological profile to the point where he knows she wakes up screaming every night, which was something that was quite jarring to me in terms of intrusive like behavior, but it's just taken for granted. And it's yeah, not even well, like it's, it's, ec- it's economic necessity. That's what is, it is, 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 is what you call it. Okay. It's, it's, it's in line with the principles of the company. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that is all that we need. I sound very cynical. I'm, 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 I'm a capitalist true and true. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I just don't appreciate some of, the, some, some of the thinking behind as the, the system as, as yeah, it exists yeah, yeah. at the moment. Um, I think I think everybody is a bit fatigued at the moment with uh, with the climate the way it is with T-tip. Trump and Brexit and stuff like that as yeah. well. I don't think anybody is particularly invested in capitalism. We just models. lost half our listeners. Yes, we did. We did, <laughs> we did. But I mean, come on, if you're watching Aliens and you're not getting that subtext, I think you're not picking... No, I think no. you're, you're yeah, reading yeah. it very sad. Like, if you're I, watching I, it and you think Carter Burke is the hero, you're doing it wrong. Well, Although, actually, I would love... Carter Burke know. is the hero in his own way. In, like, in, he the, never way, questions in the way that Mayor Vaughn was the, the hero of... Of Jaws. Yeah. He never questions himself. No. I, 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 I feel like... Um, and I think I think I've suggested um, this already. I don't think um, I don't think he's truly a villain in the sense that he is. Um, I mean, it depends on how you define villain. He does. Oh, he's true a, to himself. He does a lot of terrible, terrible things, um, but in line with his ideals and with the ideals of the culture around him. I wouldn't go so far as to say with his ideals. Well, I his feel, ideals I, are. I, I feel like Burke is a follower. Yeah. And his ideals are subsumed by the corporate ideal, which has taken hold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the, love, I love um, actually, if we're... It's yeah. not him. It's not him. It's yeah. the company. Yeah. And the company, as, as everyone knows. Yeah. Are all. Yes. But anyway, so yes. So I that is... I beg your pardon. Rant concluded. New that, rant. Yeah, we're going to talk about feminism, which is not going to alienate any listeners whatsoever. No. <laughs> now, this is interesting, right? Because, again, this is an example of, like, the awkward relationship that exists between alien and aliens, which we should probably actually we talk a bit before we see into the feminist discussion, right? So you've yeah. seen Alien, right? Yeah. I, I, I thought it was interesting because the, 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 way, the, way, the way the movie starts is as if to say, 
So all that stuff that happened in that first movie, that didn't happen, right? It didn't it didn't matter at all. Yeah, they, they, as far as the by... company is concerned, none of the events of, of, of Alien have actually occurred. And I imagine as far as 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 the characters in the movie, aside from Ripley, yeah, are concerned, she is a crazy person. person. Well, I mean, that's who, the Marines, yeah. yeah. Like when, when Gorman refers to a xenomorph, the, the Marines are like, a xeno what? And, yeah. and like uh, Vasquez, yeah, a <laughs> bug hunt. Yeah. And Vasquez is like, I just need to know where it is and how to kill it. I don't even know if she says how to kill it. I just need to know one thing, where it is. Um, and then she does a little gun gesture and stuff. So yeah. I, think that, I think that it is, there is a sense that it's, like, it is treated as folklore in the universe. And I think that, was it? That, that by the way, um, it relates back to the theme of, of feminism. Both, both the um, sense in which um, Ripley is hysterical. Yeah, as she's and dismissed as. She, and, and, and dismissed. Yeah. Which, which, which. It's a way of depowering which, her, basically. Yeah, just... depowering her um, as a woman. Yeah. Um, which, well, again, it's, which, it's... which may be something that a woman would would identify more with than, yeah. than a man. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's, that's the, the origin of race hysterical and stuff like yes. that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which very few people actually know. Exactly. Hysteria was a Victorian diagnosis yeah. for um, women who were basically... Bisopity and had ideas, and, and um, it, it, it was notions it beyond was their station. Notions beyond their station. Yeah, yeah. It was a psychological um, evaluation of of being um, far too. Yeah, a medical condition thought to be particular to women and caused by disturbances of the uterus. There's a lot to think about in terms of in terms of uh, women in this movie because there is no. There's no separation between men and women when it comes to the Marines. Yes, when it comes to the locker room and getting changed and getting dressed yeah, and stuff. Yeah, which, which, right there which Drake. so many directors uh, of sci-fi, especially uh, Paul Verhoeven, love uh, unisex <laughs> locker rooms. Future. So yeah, in terms of like aliens and the relationship between that and Alien, right? Cameron decided early on that the only way... That he was going to make a sequel to Alien was he was never he was not going to compete in terms of scares, he was going to change the genre and the style of the film. So like Alien is very much it's a slasher movie, a haunted house movie in space. I think is how Ripley Scott described it. Right. Whereas Cameron very clearly drew from like fifties creature features like Them, the movie Them about the giant ants. It's like a communist paranoia film. It's it's a very clear influence on Aliens, uh, right down to the Queen and stuff like that. But. <laughs> At the same time, Cameron was careful to maintain a continuity in terms of structure and in terms of references and stuff. So, like, if you're watching Alien and then you watch Aliens, mm. um, and you'll notice here, so Cameron, this is Cameron on the audio commentary talking about it. I wanted to create a seamless blend coming from the end of the first film into the beginning of the second film. And I certainly wanted to honour all the things that were good about the first film, so I went to school on Ridley's style of photography, which was very quite different from mine. Uh, because he used a lot of long lenses, much more than I was used to working with. And, you know, the smoke, the backlight, the textures, the way he forces the frame by putting a lot of equipment and machinery and foreground piece and so on. I really studied all that because I wanted to be stylistic continuity. However, I also wanted to have my own style. And so, you know, I grafted that onto it enough that I felt a sense of authorship on it to make it worth working on. And I think it is. I think it's a fusion of the two styles. Is that, is that, is that a, a verbatim him on the... Audio on, commentary. The audio commentary. He's yeah. very articulate. Oh, he is. He, he thinks very carefully on what he wants to say. He's very much... Cameron is very much in control of what he does and what he says. And, 
But I mean, like, even the structure of the film is similar, right? So Alien, Alien ends with um, Ripley going into stasis sleep. Aliens opens with Ripley in stasis sleep, but ends with Ripley going into stasis sleep. Um, yes. At the end of Alien, after getting to safety, Ripley decides to go back to rescue the cat. At the end of Aliens, after getting to safety, Ripley decides to go back and rescue Newt. Oh. Um, and there's all these sorts of similar structural because elements. Because Newt uh, falls down... Yes, that the shoot. Yeah. The new uh, shoot. The new shoot, if you will. They also both have this fairy tale quality to them. Like, I mean, who's Snow White? Vasquez asks at one point when she's looking at Ripley. Oh, Which yeah. is sort of a reference. And, like, Ripley is awoken from sleep to face this nightmarish monster. Mm. And then she goes back to sleep to find as well. So it has that same sort of connotation and stuff. That is interesting. That is. But anyway, so one of the things I think that Cameron made his own was the gender stuff, right? Because gender... Gender is a huge part of the alien films in general, but there's a huge difference in how gender is treated on Alien as opposed to Aliens, right? So in right. Alien, I'm I'm su- surprised. Um, maybe I don't know as much ab- about. Maybe may- maybe my idea of H.R. Giger has come a lot from um, Matt Gourley's um, impressions of him. By the way, that's also from. The uh, podcast I spoke about last week, uh, he does Super ex- Ego. He does, he does an excellent, excellent HR Giger. Yeah, he does. You've heard, you've listened. I have. I've heard bits and pieces. It's very good. I wholeheartedly recommend it. Fantastic. Um, he's a very wee and weird, an eccentric Swiss gentleman. Yeah. Uh, who dresses <laughs> in black and uh, says some says things like the night it hurts me. If you have too much sun, then you will be in the shadow, and I always like to be in the shadow, in the dark. Uh, which is from one of the making of documentaries on the alien set. Which, wow. Yeah, that gives you a sense of the man. Like, well, I mean, okay, so the alien is very much a sexual creature. It's, a, it's the embodiment of rape anxiety. I think that Dan O'Bannon, the writer, wanted to talk about using the face hugger as an example of male oral rape. He wanted male audience members to cross their legs awkwardly when that sequence happened. Uh, when the thing rams its, attaches itself to the face and jams itself down its, down your throat. Oh my goodness. You didn't know this? You didn't hear this? I feel, I feel like this is maybe something that I've heard okay. and then decided, I'm never going to think about that again. <laughs> Repress it. Well, yeah. next time you watch it, you can, you can cross maybe your legs. When I was when I, when I, when I was a 10-year-old. Probably a bit heavy for you. Yeah. But the idea is that, yes, the, well, that's why the, um, that's why the alien represents, is, is treated as penetration. Like, it bursts out. It's the spectacle of male birth. It's, it's a penis that breaks through your chest with teeth. It's a penis dentia, if you will. Um, and that's not me describing it. That's, that's I think... Uh, no, sorry. no, it's, it's not. I mean, it is the second um, film in a row where we've, <laughs> where, where we've spoken about, penis about penises. Um, but, as as violent monsters but it is not you it is not me at all I don't have a fixation but yeah so basically the idea is that the alien represents sexual violence to the point where its head is a giant penis and the little mouth that bursts out and cracks people's skulls is also a penis but you didn't get that then no? Um, no, I did. Okay, uh, so I, 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 yeah, I, okay, so I'm not crazy. This isn't like this isn't like Jaws. I thought it there. was interesting that the Queen had 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 the um, uh, like she 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 had this um, uterus yeah. that at one point she kind of tore off in order yeah. to go after Ripley. To go after Ripley, well, she's like, just. If I could only share this, this uterus. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that, right? So, because the queen is the big addition that aliens makes the mythos, right? 
In the original Alien, there is yeah. no queen. There's just a bunch of eggs. I think there's a subtle difference in how Alien and Aliens approach gender. And I think it's very much down to the difference between Ridley Scott and James Cameron, right? Ridley Scott's Alien movie is all about the perversion of gender. To the point where uh, Ridley Scott talked about the perversity of the alien being hermaphroditic. So it's the idea that it's, it's a figure that is feminine uh, in size and scale, but masculine in terms of force. In terms of how the film is structured, Ripley is essentially, Ripley is the hero of the film, but she's not necessarily a feminist hero because she was originally written as a male character and then her gender was changed to the last minute. She was written as Robbie, I believe, in the earlier versions of the script. Right. right. So the fact that she's female and she survives is almost incidental. The gender doesn't matter. In the original director's... But, uh, but like, we're, we're talking about a movie... We're talking about the, the movie as originally sketched. It wasn't meant to be a woman. But that, that is not the film. The film is the um, film as shot right. and as, as, okay. as shown. Okay. So that, that like, you, you can't... You, I, f- I feel like you can't say that, that, that it is something that, that it's not because it wasn't meant to be. Right. S- such and such a thing right. like we, you, you can't well let's talk then about the alien's reproductive cycle as imagined by Ridley Scott right. in which there is no queen in which the, the eggs are actually but is there no queen? Uh, in Alien? no um, and this was a point of controversy no, I, I know there's no queen but it, it, uh, are, are, we, are we to think that, that there's a discontinuity or are oh. we to think that um, Alien is revealing extension of yeah. that universe that is, the, that is the thing, right? So when James Cameron released the film... Now, in the theatrical cut of Alien, the original Alien, it's never mentioned where the eggs came from. Hmm. However, uh, in the script, in the director's cut of the film, um, and in Ridley Scott's original imaginings, the point uh, where it was widely accepted by science fiction fans, the point where, like, in 1986, James Cameron was receiving questions about this, was that the alien reproduced by taking the male characters, like those played by Yafet Koto and Harry Dean Stanton, and turning those male characters into eggs. Um, to the point where Ridley Scott's restored director's cut of the film has a sequence where Ripley finds Harry Dean Stanton and Yafet Koto in the cargo bay of the ship, being turned into eggs and begging to be set on fire and killed. Um, and and is was... that why they don't... Um... Is that why there's there's the um, why Ripley is, is she she is the only woman on the no she's one of two women on the Nostromo. she's one of two women the other woman and is explicitly killed she's not taken to be turned into an egg which I think is also a telling thematic point. yeah and and is, John Hurt is, that... is killed birthing yeah yeah okay so I think that in in Alien the theme is very much the perversification of gender like the the queering or the bending of gender I think that. In Aliens, it's more of a reinforcement. It's more keenly aware of gender issues. So, for example, the Queen, which is designed by Cameron and not by Geiger, is designed in such a way as to be consciously feminine, uh, in that its its legs are structured to resemble heels. Its leg arches back as if to present a regal dress. Um, In the original movie, Alien... um, the ship's computer is called Mother, and it's presented as cold and calculating and distant. Whereas in the movie Aliens, both Ripley and the Alien Queen are presented as mothers who are very much invested in their offspring. To the point where 
during the Ripley's... And this is one of the things I like about the director's cut. The theatrical cut completely cuts the subplot involving Ripley's daughter. The director's cut restores really? it. Really? Yeah, and I think it's I think it's the best ad about it. Uh, but you don't need it because you get that Ripley as a mother to Newt in the theatrical cut as is. Yeah, um, be, 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 because I, I feel like without without that context, yeah, it, it seems almost kind of like, oh, of course she's... She's a woman. She, she's a woman. So she's, therefore she feels like a so mom. So therefore she feels like a mom. I, 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 I felt like the extended cut was, was much more artful yeah, in, in setting that, that up. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a Cameron, that's a very specifically James Cameron theme. Because if you look at the Terminator films, Terminator films are about Sarah Connor, mm. who is primarily defined as a mother. That is her role. She's a mother before she's a mother. And it, and it, it's 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 interesting because it's it's celebrating yeah. that um, aspect yeah. of, of 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 being a woman. Yeah, it's not. This person is less because of it, or less, is diminished by it, yeah, or is restricted yeah, yeah. by it. Even she did. Sarah, Sarah Connor, and um, Ripley, Ellen. Ripley. Ripley. Um, Ellen. Yeah, yeah. We 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 find out that her name is Ellen. Yeah. Um, we also find out that Hicks' first name is Dwight, which is in the director's cut, but not in the theatrical cut. I'm not sure I missed that cut. Oh yeah, Dwight Hicks. Yeah. Dwight Hicks. Yeah. He'll always be Hicks to me. Um, <laughs> but so, not Hudson. But not... He'll always be Antar Deck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they, uh, they are... They're both, uh, Connor and Ripley, badasses. And yeah. they're not badasses in spite of being mothers. They're badasses and because, yeah, Well, even, and, even because. And perhaps because, yeah. yeah. Um, it, 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 they're 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 complete human beings. They're not somebody's wife or mother. Yeah, and I think I think that's one of the big differences between aliens and, and between alien and aliens is that like alien defies gender, and I think that aliens probably celebrates it more. Like I think that um, even the alien queen, and this is this is something that's interesting to me, right? So, like, you could make an argument that Cameron basically made aliens again with Avatar. Except Avatar is basically... Avatar is aliens from the perspective of the aliens themselves. In that they're a bunch of aliens just doing alien stuff when a bunch of humans arrive with this big faceless corporation who want to take their resources. I, I feel like some, some of that is there yeah. in aliens. In the sense that... And let, let, me, let me tell you why. Yeah. Um, on. This, this idea of... Like you can you can draw you can draw a few um, allegories here, and I'm not sure what particular one uh, James Cameron was 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 trying to get at, or or, or, or whether there were a number of them. Um, when 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 obviously when you when you when you talk about um, Avatar, yeah, it's it's a kind of a Pocahontas story, yeah. so it's 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 about um, and it is problematic in that regard. Yeah, it's a it's, white savior it, narrative. Yeah, it's 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 it's, but it's it's about um, it's a Pocahontas story, um, so it's about colonists yeah. and natives. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether there was some um, consideration of human beings versus animals, right. and and um, what made me what made me think about that. And I suppose that, that that relates in some ways to old ideas 
that Europeans had about about indigenous um, populations. In, indigenous populations. Um, because when 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 we first meet Newt, um, Newt has become feral. Pardon? Feral. Feral. Yeah. yeah. She, she is now a animal um, in the. Uh, she is lower in the food chain. She's a rodent yeah. in in the world of and even the name Newt. Yeah. Of 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 the aliens. And we're made think. Well, I was made think about the way we treat animals. Right. Be, 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 because imagine what it what it must be like to live uh, as a rat. Right. And and I feel like news. I wonder if 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 that was directed um, as it, as in okay, um, explain it to this child that she she she's basically a rodent. Yeah, she scurries. Yeah away um she is she's she's fearful she doesn't look like a, a like like at one point really says oh there's a little girl in there somewhere yeah where where she <laughs> when she i, I made yeah. a clean spot now i, I made a clean spot thing. now i have to do the whole thing. and this 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 is this is uh human beings um forced into um their perspective of um of something lower on the food chain oh, okay which I, did did I did I I didn't quite did that see speak that. to you at all? I didn't quite see that. I saw it more as and and, I and that, that does relate to the motherhood thing. To, but but also it relates to the the, yeah, the whole idea of of natives and um, and colonists because because the people who arrive on this planet are colonists, are colonists. colonists. Yeah, and and presumably making better worlds. Yeah, and and the 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 indigenous. Although, although well, it is made, it is made clear that they're, they're not indigenous, indigenous yeah. yeah, but but the um, they arrive on this planet and there is already a life form yeah. on, on on this planet, yeah. and and yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? So Cameron took a lot of influence. And again, I feel like we talked about this with Jaws last week, and so it's, it's a nice bit of symmetry that comes up again. Like Jaws, I think, was in some ways a Vietnam film because it was about sending like people into the, across the seas. Um, and having them die, and just having that machine in place, and insisting that everything's okay in spite of that, um, and presenting like the enemy. I think you could read Jaws an analogy for the Vietnam War, where the shark is basically the machine into which you, or the meat grinder into which you feed uh, people, while insisting that everything is okay. I think the same is true of the aliens in in Aliens, and that Cameron took a lot of credit. Uh, sorry, took a lot of influence uh, from Vietnam. Mm. Like uh, Vietnam was a very major influence in terms of like uh, the U.S. Marine Corps arriving. Technically superior. Like, there's a lovely shot of when the when the the car or the armor truck, which is actually it's a tug it's like from the Batmobile. It is. Well, actually, it's funny you should mention that because the sets, those sets, were used for the Batman movie uh, two years Pinewood. later. Pinewood Studios. Yeah. They left the the hive set standing, and they turned it into the Axis Chemical Plant. So the scene where the armor car is driving through that is much like the scene where the Batmobile is driving through the Axis Chemical. And that plant. was a tug from Gatwick. That was a tug from Gatwick. They managed to buy. Which is very cool. But they bought two of them, I believe, because they had to ruin a total one of them, for obviously, for the scene outside. I love the sequence where they drive into the atmospheric processor and the turret on the back of yes. the thing rolls back, which is a great example of how this future is so comfortably built for technology. Like, it's more... F- technology fits more comfortably in this world than people do. 
which I think is a great touch. Um, yeah, well, we already live in a world where technology fits more comfortably than people do. Yeah. Our, our, our roads are... This is me going yeah, off I on like a rant. No, go, I like this back. Our, 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 our roads are made for machines and not people. If, 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 if you're a long-distance runner... Yeah. And, you're and running you're, on tarmac. You're running on tarmac, which, is, which, which, which isn't made for, for Human people. knees and no, joints and stuff. No, no. It will hurt you. It will hurt you in the long run. Oh, which I think is a very valid observation to make. Yeah. Okay, so segueing segueing back back. to this idea of um, Vietnam being sort of uh, being an influence on Cameron here, you have the heavily armed U.S. Marine Corps that's completely, you know, they're technologically advanced. They're so far ahead. They've got all this technology. There was their bad state of the badass art to quote your favorite character Hudson. But basically, and then they're completely defeated by this indigenous population, which is shown in, they're shown to be crawling, they're shown I to be... I did think, by the way, about Hudson's Ark. Yeah. Like, after deciding quite early... That you hated this that guy. I, that I hated this guy, and I, I thought uh, Bill Paxton uh, was terrible, I, I started to think, maybe this was a choice. Yeah. Um, did, did, that, was, that was when uh, Paxton becomes... Fantastic. That, that moment where you realised that. So it was more a change in yeah, you than when, a change when, in, in like, Paxton. He starts to come out with all of these... like Great um, lines. Great lines that I've heard repeated. Yeah. <laughs> over and over again. Game over, man. Game over. We're not going to last 17 hours. Why don't you put her in charge? <laughs> um, which is great. But I mean, actually, here's, here's the thing. So we're talking about Vietnam as well. Like the contemporary reviews... like. You know that James Cameron was credited as a writer on Rambo, which is something that he's tried I'm to I'm surprised that anyone but Sylvester Stallone was credited <laughs> as, a, as a writer on any film that Sylvester Stallone <laughs> has been in, touched, directed, produced. Yeah, so Rambo was a point of contention to the point where I think Sigourney Weaver referred to Ripley as Rambolina at one stage. And uh, I love this. This is like, you're talking about the who, ambient... Who, 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 who referred to her as Rambolina? Sigourney Weaver. Ah, yeah. Like if anybody else had done it, it would be incredibly sexist and dismissive. But Sigourney Weaver's like, yeah, you can. But she got an Oscar nomination for this. Can you imagine how hard it is to get an Oscar nomination for Aliens? Talking about ambient background sexism and the kind of stuff that we take from granted. Here is Walt Goodman reviewing the film in the New York Times, 1986. Believe it or not, this smart, good looker is a one-woman army. There is something inherently parodic about Warrant Officer Ripley in a t-shirt blasting away with a flame-spouting grenade-launching weapon capable of wiping out a small zoo. It's a Rambo joke. But Miss Weaver does the job without cracking a smile. And you're like, I just want to reach back in time and slap that. That reviewer right there. His complete and utter nonsense. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. You're welcome. I mean, aliens. <laughs> aliens is sort of the beginning of of Ripley as badass, which is is odd because I think like in Alien, she's very much she's out of her depth, um, and in fairness, she's out of her depth for a little bit of Aliens as well. But like in Alien, she's very much she's the last girl who the final girl who managed to survive. Uh, whereas I think that in Aliens, she's much more dynamic and much more take charge. Like it, it's outlined very clearly early on that she knows more than Gorman. Uh, like I, yeah, Gorman. Gorman's great. Gorman's just repeatedly emasculated, and again, that's the Vietnam thing. That's yeah. The, it's the, like it's 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 like he Nam was made an officer life. in 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 this army because he if uh, he handled explosives, it would be dangerous for other people. Yeah, it, 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 he he seems like um, he's 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 had a um, silver spoon 
in in, yeah. in in his mouth and and that maybe his dad is somebody important yeah um and also that he's, he's a good company man as well you know he's, he's good on paper um, yeah and he like he'll follow and he will defer to burke or whatever yeah um, in 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 his in which in this future is a huge endorsement yeah it's That'll like in, far. in in all other tests aside from obedience <laughs> yeah. he, he, he scored well below the average he scored well below the average but his obedience his, is like 99 his marksmanship is, is abominable is abominable but his 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 when it comes to obedience and compliance, he's two key metrics yeah, of success in this future. Yeah, he's, he's beyond reproach. But I mean, well, Gorman, because Gorman shows up, he confuses Hicks and Hudson. Uh, obedience which, and compliance yeah. have, have been separated. Yeah. At this in point. order to help grade the, grade the curve upwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're also given extra weighting. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he... Um, and then there's the bit where when he discovers Newt, he tries to interrogate her. And I love how Ripley just has no respect for him. She just walks over and she's like, give it a rest, Gorman. And he does. <laughs> it's, it's like, who's in charge here? Okay, fair point. Um, and then later on where, he, where they're, they're going into the hive. And he's, like, he's sent in soldiers with live firing rounds under a nuclear reactor. Yes. And it's Ripley who points out, uh, what, are, what are your guys going to shoot them with? And he's like, live rounds. What's, what's the issue here? Isn't that normally what you shoot things with? And then her and, and then he Burke... comes up with an ingenious solution to the problem. It's just take all of your rounds out, take all the and, hand, and hand them over. Which not, is the great, not, not come back yeah. because this is this is already a complete and utter shambles. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, keep going. I'm unarmed. sorry. It's like no, no. I'm I'm in charge, and I think I, I think I know the answer to this. I'm I'm thinking on my feet and. Just take all the rounds out of your. Yeah. Out if of the your bullets guns. are the problem, we take well, away the bullets. No take problem. Take away the bullets. No problem. What if there's aliens there that you need to shoot? Well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that one. <laughs> if 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 it happens, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. No, no. By the way, what 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 are all those things? Yeah. Um, what can 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 everyone else see that? I don't know. The 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 monitor's kind of the fuzzy. monitor's kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Looks like a whole lot of aliens. Yeah. Um, but but who's yeah, to no. know? But then, and then Ripley sort of, as soon as, as soon as the aliens show up though, Ripley takes charge. Like she takes charge. She's the one who drives the, the armor carrier in to rescue yeah. uh, the Marines. She's the one who drives it out. She's the one who comes up with the plan of nuking the site, which is a good idea in theory. By the, by the way, we, 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 we've spoken a lot about Ripley um, as being um, the uh, badass woman in charge um, taking control of situations where men who are nominally in charge can't yeah um we haven't spoken yet about vasquez let's talk about vasquez vasquez who is yes. awesome who, who 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 is so awesome she 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 um i think i mentioned last week when speaking about this movie that she appears on uh, i was, I was there, there too. too yeah 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 um Which i wholeheartedly recommend yes um there were there were moments in this movie like Vasquez uh, gets gets iced eventually yeah. by by um, what happens is they're in a duct yeah um, getting away from the aliens and one alien catches up with her. She kicks that alien's ass. Yeah. She puts her boot in its face and then this, shoots it in the head and then <laughs> shoots it in the head. And the only the the only reason she's incapacitated 
it's because, because it she's yeah she's she, yeah she's she's killed this this alien like like keep keep in mind um aliens is a heightening of 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 the events of of alien as far yeah. as i'm aware there's one alien in the original alien, yeah. yeah if vasquez had been on that ship <laughs> no problem <laughs> it would have been handled in no time yeah she'll, she'll like we, we we spoke earlier about her attitude and her her i just need to know where I just need they to know are where they are um and and that is a bit of bravado but i'm kind of inclined to, <laughs> to, to trust, trust her on that. yeah well she's the one who comes up with the idea of keeping the ammunition yeah. When when Gorman says exactly. when no, Gorman says she's no, like, hell no. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that is a stupid idea. And she shares it with Drake as well, which is interesting. Do you think herself and Drake are a couple? I think there is definitely something there. Yeah. Either 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 they're either they're a couple or um it's a um very close relationship where possibly one of them has romantic feelings. I feel like they're definitely either a couple or they're uh, like brother and sister. But there's never any suggestion that 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 uh, Drake has feelings for her, which are which are rebuffed. Yeah. Nor nor I think is there any the suggestion that yeah. Now it 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 could is 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 that is that. Is that a simple? I mean, that's that's not a very important plot point. But no, it's are, not. But are, and I think that speaks. Do we do we do we jump to conclusions about this based on, on her where we are now? Um, or uh, do we think that that this is in making us in making us ask this question and in, in not making it clear? Call it calling us is out. is the movie calling us out? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Well, I mean, here's... I just asked because I've actually got the... I've got a sample from the script here. Yeah. This is what Cameron sort of wrote uh, about them. Doberman's plane. Conscripted from juvenile prison, the two of them were trained to operate the formidable smart guns. That is part of their bond. Which, by the way, is the most Cameron character description ever. These are two characters who know how to operate this future tech thing. And they were both and, orphans, right? Uh, are, are, are conscripted are from juvenile prison. Juvenile prison, Doberman's yeah. playing. Didn't... Didn't... Um... Didn't the actress um, who plays... They all had uh, backstories, didn't they? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I think kind of works. What I really like about Aliens is that... Okay, there are, there are grunts in there. I can't tell you anything about Wyzeki or whatever. Mm. Um, but I can tell you, like, most of the characters have at least one small moment or one like i like apone even though he's like the second he wakes up with a cigar in his mouth (laughs) from from hypersleep in which in a chamber into which you imagine they're pumping oxygen yeah yeah yeah. dude that that is yeah that that, is all you need to know about that character and it's At, at some point during um simulations they're like oh sorry um we forgot to mention uh your your cigar is oh okay no, you, you're, 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 yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. You, 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 you just keep that cigar. You go with it there. Yeah. Um, we can cryo-freeze that. Yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll still yeah, be good. There's like all of the, all of the, uh, all of the hypersleep units were the same, aside from that one, which also is a fumidor <laughs> for, key, for keeping the cigar at the right level of humidity. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the characters, a lot of the supporting characters have that where you feel like. You feel like even though Drake has like three lines, you sort of you look at him and you go, "Okay, I know he's he's the tough guy of the unit," or Apone is like the uh, you know Apone is like the team dad, 
Um, and I mean, like, he's great because he makes the line assholes and elbows seem like convincing military slang. Yeah. What man in his right mind has ever used the phrase assholes and elbows? But, um, yeah, so let's... Okay, we've talked about the Marines a bit. Um, let's talk about Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver's great. Sigourney Weaver is great. She's phenomenal. Yeah, she really is. And it's amazing. Like, it speaks to her that the Alien franchise is pretty much the Alien and Sigourney Weaver franchise. The yeah. point where when it, when it moved away from having her... You had Aliens versus Predators, but we quickly forgot about those. When we're talking about Ripley as mother, and we're talking about the Alien Queen as mother, um, worth noting that Ripley ends up constructing a nuclear family at the end of the film. So when Hicks gives her the tracking unit, he says it's not an engagement ring, which immediately is meant as an audience to make you think it practically is an engagement ring. Yeah, that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's a very awkward line. And all of a sudden, well, her, her... relationship yeah um to him yeah um to hicks hicks yes and becomes um immediately romantic yeah um which is i think plays into this this theme of this idea that it's possible for ripley to be a badass and oh and by the way yeah uh actually the the um maybe i'm reading too much into this but um, Hicks essentially says, ask your mother, but in a different way. He repeats exactly what Ripley has just said. When, when, oh, when, when they're arguing when, with the When, when the... Burke disagrees. Yeah, it's the only he way says, to be sure. Well, well, actually, it's military jurisdiction. Yeah. So uh, Hicks is in charge, Corporal Hicks. And he's and like, he's just he, a grunt. Yeah, he's just a grunt. But then it's like... No offense. Which no. is, by the way, which is, which is the most Burke line ever. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but it goes... It goes to to Hicks and what he does is he repeats yeah he, he repeats. says your mother's right basically yeah. um may, maybe 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 that's reading too much into it but no, it, I... it may, it, perhaps that's the first real uh, inkling real um kind of laying of this um yeah. uh, nuclear family oh it is well i mean later on like Newt is obviously the child and Hicks sort of becomes like Ripley is obviously a mother to the point where she visits her and reads bedtime stories and stuff like that and she tells her bedtime stories and stuff Hicks um, tells her like not to touch the grenade don't touch that honey it's dangerous which is like and it will also light the entire room on fire Uh, but also when they're planning out hiding and stuff like that uh, she's scurrying around it's adorable uh, he he and she does the thing where when uh, when he gives the instructions she's wearing the helmet and she says affirmative and gives the little yes, salute, yeah. which is adorable and oh yeah she's trying to she's she's aping her father yeah yeah there 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 is that in the movie and even like he picks her up so she can sit down and see the, the thing that the adults are talking about as well it's not ripley who picks her up and puts on on the table it's no. it's hicks yeah. um, and even then at the at the end it's the three of them who escape um, it's the father, the mother, and the daughter, pretty much. And Bishop. Um, Newt says, Mommy said there were no real monsters, but there are. Why do they tell kids that? I, 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 I just thought that, that, was, that, was, that was an amazing line. And it made, made, made me think about um, the themes of this movie. Because not just... Not, 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 not just um, maternity and the role of women um, and feminism, but also um, the real monsters yeah. in this movie. Which who, is Burke. Who, which is Burke, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, 
Uh, but that, that's the thing. That's why you tell. That's why you. Um, that's why you tell children, or you make up stories about monsters, like yeah. the, like the aliens or whatever. Is because yeah. so that because that there are you. actual monsters yeah. in this world, and you have to prepare. Them. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you t- when you tell children about monsters like the alien or whatever, it's a way of dealing with metaphor, or dealing through metaphor. Yeah. with monsters like Burke. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and then I think that's Ripley being a mother taking care of them. Yeah. One moment I really enjoyed was um, when Newt asks, is that how babies are born? Yes, which is very much, that's in keeping with the, the parental nuclear family thing. Is that how people babies, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and Ripley's response is, no, it's very different. Um, and 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 she 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 she's kind of laughing. It made me think: Is it? <laughs> was this you? Was it ten-year-old you? Yeah. Or uh, this, no, yeah. no. This is me now. I, I, I was thinking: Is the is, are 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 the people who um, who are making this movie? Um, <laughs> how do they feel about sexuality? Do they do 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 they think of it as 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 a disgusting? Or uh, uh, borderline violent act process, uh, yeah, and and and, and um, do they? And when when we were talking earlier about the aliens and how they're 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 like um, they're they're Oral mouths raping. open, yeah, and the the mouths are designed to look like vaginas, just yeah. Uh, and that was they, one of I, I believe changes. the eggs were meant to look like vaginas as well. Yeah, but they made them less vaginally. Yeah, so they made them like a a. A cross double vagina, vagina. Yeah. a cross vagina, a cross vagina. If you will. I, like an angry vagina. Um, yes. But um, well, the that's the thing. That's one of the, the enhancements that Cameron made, which is interesting because again, Geiger designed the original. He didn't do work on this one. No. Um, but one of Cameron's changes was you didn't see the bottom side of a face hugger in the original Alien, so he designed it to make it look more like a vagina, perfectly in keeping with the themes of the film. So the bit where the thing sucks against the glass and they're like, "Oh, it likes you, Burke." Uh, that sort of thing that that was his design also when the chest burster does come out of the woman's chest um in the reactor core yeah um in the original design alien it's very much a penis with teeth um what cameron did was he added arms to it the argument was again this is cameron's sort of science fiction background coming in here his argument was that well look if it bursts out of your chest it's going to need to find a way to get out of there What's better for that than tiny T-Rex arms? Giant, well, while, giant, while we're still giant. talking about gender and yeah. stuff, um, there's an argument to be made that the aliens are only moti- are primarily motivated to protect their own young in the same way that Ripley is. So, for example, the when they first go into the hives to find the colonists, the alien attack only happens after they torch the first uh, chestburster. Yes. Which, by the way, should be noted, in the original Alien, the chestburster comes from a male victim. In Aliens, uh, the oh, chestbuster yes. comes from two women. There's no chestbuster from a male character, which is just, just something I found interesting. Later on, when the queen tears loose... These, sorry, the, the first chestbuster... Is Ripley's Nightmare. Oh, yes, yeah. Which yeah. isn't a real chestbuster. No, no, sorry. I, 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 I was wondering whether you were talking about... Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, uh, that that was that was that was a great scene. It really is. It's a great way to keep. One of the things I like about it is that it keeps the aliens in the back end. <clears throat> like it keeps it's a solid hour of building suspense until anything happens. Like you don't actually see an 
alien in the flesh, with the exception of the facehugger in the director's cut. I wonder um, what, it, what this movie was like for people who hadn't seen the first movie. Yeah, you kind of wonder if, like, because for them, they'd have no frame of reference for yeah. it. Because for everyone who's seen it, they know that they're going to get to the alien. Whereas if you haven't seen the movie, you're like, (laughs) are they just going to get to the colony? I think I'll stop watching this now. It was just a dream. (laughs) That's it. It was over. What a dumb movie. They they get to the colony. They're all alive. Turns out. Really awkward. crazy. Caused criminal damage. She'll be working off that debt for a while. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I guess, yeah. I I was wondering, actually, you answered this question. Um... I was wondering what Cameron had done before. Uh, well, actually, yeah, talking about Cameron's filmography, he also made a short film called Mother, okay. which is perhaps the most Cameron title ever, which inspired the... Which is before... Before Piranha 2 and stuff. Oh. Uh, this is the thing. This is the... It inspired, um, or its influence could be keenly felt on the final fight between Ripley and the Alien Queen. Right. Um, so you can see again that, that preoccupation with mothers and strong mothers and I, stuff like I that want in to... Cameron's work. When when the queen wakes up, because the queen is, she's having a lot of babies. Uh, of babies. Yeah, she's laying eggs. She's asleep and still producing. Um, still it's like producing. it's very much like a conveyor belt. The, yeah. the the system is designed. It's meant and to be she, that weird hybrid of mechanized and organic. And she's having a nap because being a mother is tiring. Yeah. And um, what well, to be fair, she just wiped out an entire colony. Is 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 that not uh, some something that I'm not taking away from her? Um, <laughs> I, it, is is that something that the that the queen did? Well, was, she would have overseen it, presumably. She would have overseen it. Yeah, there 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 is actually a line: one female who runs the whole show. Yeah, and it's confirmed. Yes, the queen. Well, here's the thing, actually, because we'll, we'll come back to the Queen in a second. I think Cameron's very good with structure. Like, and we, we were talking about how good he is with structure. Yeah. So things like he sets up... For that final scene, you need Ripley in the loader. So earlier in the film, you get a sequence where Ripley asks if there's anything she can do. And she yeah. says she can work a loader. So you get the scene of Ripley working the loader so that when she uses yeah. the loader later on... And if, 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 that, if, if, if that hadn't come back, yeah. it's still you, would, you, would, you would be like, well, no, I honestly, if... if if that loader hadn't come back later in the movie, I would have been I, I, I would have been sitting here saying, "What was what with with?" You wasted a whole thirty seconds on that. Yeah, yeah, with with that loader thing. What was that about? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, then the Queen conversation is another example, yeah. and it's it's extended in the extended cut, but the the original line is in the theatrical cut where they talk about there's one female who runs the show, mm-hmm. and that's very much that's him setting up down the line that you're going to get the, the age of Thatcher. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Very good point. Politically loaded. I wonder it was and shot in Pinewood. And shot in Pinewood. Was this making people think about um, about women in charge? Well, I think that it's. I think it's obviously it's a contrast. Like, I think that mm. the the mechanized baby production of the Queen, where her thorax is, and it's interesting because when they go into the power reactor, it's the fusion of organic and machine. Like the. I wonder if our listeners, by the way, um, whether they can tell whether we're feminists or raging misogynists. I think, generally speaking, we're we're well-meaning. Uh, we're occasionally idiotic. Sorry, but when they when they go to the power reactor, there's the fusion of like the metal construct giving way to like the alien sort of the alien hive, which is more organic and stuff. Mm. And so the idea of the alien as an industrial like the alien queen is an industrial baby making machine, basically, mm. as contrasted with uh, in Cameron's vision the warm and loving nuclear family of Ripley. And I think there's an argument to be made that aliens is more heteronormative than alien. Uh, in that it, it's less consciously about queering roles. It's more about 
the you know the classic nuclear family model. But it, but it's 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 nuanced as well. Oh no, it is. So <laughs> it's not it's not it's not it's not saying um, by any means um, women are for making babies. No, no, it's exactly not because that's yeah. that's the queen is monstrous. Yeah, yeah, she she, um, and that's what she is. Yeah, it, I mean it it may it may be construed as a an important point that she only goes buck wild um, after her her babies are. Or, or set in fire. Here's the thing, right? And there's, there's an argument made that it's quite similar to... Like, she's parallel with Ripley in that regard, right? So Ripley goes back for Newt. She doesn't go back for Apo. Mm. She doesn't go back for any of the other Marines. She goes back for Newt. Yeah. Right? In the same way that the Queen is... Like, the attack on the Hive is motivated and when she, they burn... She becomes... Like, there's been flashes of it before, but she becomes R- R- Rambolina... Yeah. Uh, at that point. Yeah. She's completely unstoppable. And I think that's like that's the birth of the Ripley as you see her in Alien Three and Alien Four, yeah. where she is. She's like, she's like designed. This is her purpose. This is what she's good at. She's good at killing this thing mm. um, to the point where she's as much a part of the franchise formula as anybody or as any other thing. Like you talk about horror franchises like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or mm. um, or Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. where the serial killer is the attraction, the monster is the attraction. And right. in Aliens, the monster is the attraction. But Ripley is also the yeah, attraction. Yeah, but we, we spoke about movies that don't have Ripley. All she has left is the alien, which I think yeah. is actually, that's one of the things that I like about Alien 3. Mm. But we'll maybe talk about that in a moment, yeah. possibly. All right, so, and we, we really like the, the climax as well. Um, we it's, were, a, it's a lot like the end of Terminator. It, it's, 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 it seems like um, JC loves a foundry. That's the kind of set that he feels comfortable with. With, a, with an action climax in. Has, has, has this got anything to do with Pinewood? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Right? This, and we're talking about like, him maintaining structural beats from the original Alien. Yeah. In the original Alien, the creature is sucked out of the airlock. Right. Uh, and in Aliens, the Queen is sucked out of the airlock. Yeah. After sneaking on board the craft that they shouldn't have snuck on board. Yeah, I, I, which is I, I, a nice I, was, I, was, I wasn't even um, uh, getting to the. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 talk about the actual climax. This, oh, sorry, you're talking. This about is the, the this is the thing I was saying earlier about the the um, the baby sacks. The extended trailer is like 48 minutes left, and Bishop has said there's 26 <laughs> minutes left, and I'm like, this what? doesn't add up. Yeah. This is going to go on for another 20 minutes. <laughs> Um, after, after presumably the crisis after presumably off. they've left and haven't been destroyed by, by a nuclear alien. weapon yeah. Yeah, or yeah. mauled by an alien yeah, or mauled, oh, well, yeah. The, the foundry set is very good and this is the thing that I like about Cameron's direction actually because we haven't talked much about Cameron's direction so the bit where she's in the lift or the bit where the place is falling apart he shakes the camera now he doesn't shake it to like make you nauseous but he shakes it to the point where you feel like you're in the scene watching yeah. it's like the bit where the lift is moving there was, there was a lot of people um Pressing uh, buttons. lift buttons over and over again. <laughs> well, I mean, and then again, there's the point where Hicks and Ripley are in the lift, and he closes it, and the alien springs at just the right moment to land and to basically discard him and put him out of action for the climax yeah. of the film. And then there's the bit at the end where Ripley is trying to get up with Newt out of the foundry, um, and it looks like, or out of the yeah, the foundry set, yeah, um, which is as well. And I like that the alien is smart enough to operate a lift. But anyway, so yeah, so Ripley makes the escape. She gets up, and I like that she thinks that. Bishop has abandoned her as well, which is a nice touch as well, because you think maybe yes. Bishop has been sort of like 
Um, Love Bishop. Bishop's fantastic. He must be the nicest model. He really is. Well, looking at the rest of the Alien franchise, he really, really is. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And it like Cameron sets you up to think that he's being bad because there's a bit where he's studying the alien and he goes, "Magnificent, isn't it?" And you're like, "Okay, that's not going to end well." No. Uh, But somehow he doesn't. He's not the guy who lets the alien loose. Vasquez has a fantastic line. Um, She's asked, "Have you ever been mistaken for a man?" By Hudson. By Hudson, of course. Yeah, king, king of the, uh, king of the being awful. Oh yeah, yeah. She, he, uh, Hudson is alpha in the sense that men who say they're alpha are alpha. <laughs> yeah. um, the, um, the response. That... Yeah, the response from Vasquez is no. Have you? Which, which is great. That's a great mic drop. Yeah, and uh, and it it. It ties so well into 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 the what themes. this movie is yeah. about. Is there are so many um, ineffectual uh, men yeah. <laughs> left in Just charge? Just in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 it is after all Ripley who needs to tell him to to man up. Man up. Same way that she tells Gorman uh, yeah. what to do, basically, and same way she tells Burke to go jump. Yeah, there, there's, 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 and same way she tells Hicks. Hicks is remarkable because he's the only one who knows to listen to her. There's a That's... lot of, there's a lot of emasculating moments. It really seems like the Marines are on a quite a tight schedule, because um, when they arrive in orbit <laughs> of the planet, it's like, come on, people, what is it? Elbows and been, assholes. Yeah, assholes and elbows. Yeah, and uh, it's like you imagine they've been sleeping for years, though. So there's got to be a bit. Of... <laughs> they've been sleeping for years. <laughs> And it's like, okay, now you're on company time. Yeah. Because you, you weren't getting paid when you were asleep, yeah. presumably. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's kind of this unpaid leave. Yeah. <laughs> you're technically holidaying. Yeah. Now, now, we don't want you to dream. Now that you're awake, it's like, come on, come on, come on. This all needs to be done in seven hours. Well, I love... I the love stakes that. are quite high in us getting this wrong, but let's do this immediately. Yeah. But, I mean, there's that lovely shot. And, it's, it's, again, it's one of the things in the extended cup, but not in the theatrical cut is before the briefing uh, with the Marines, there's a nice pan around the bay of the of the ship. Hmm. And it's just so vast and empty and so incredibly spacious as everything that you could possibly need or want. Yeah. But it's just in the corner, there are these 20 people uh, who are all just sort of gathered around like the one ship they're going to use to fly down. So it's this wonderful sort of like how small these people are in this large technological infrastructure. Yeah, I, I can imagine um, them waking up from hypersleep and a hypersleep, hypersleep, and um, and finding a brochure next to them and saying, "Oh, there's a sauna on this ship. Yeah. I, I I wonder if I'll get time to. Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm being rushed along. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot this was A-phone. a I forgot this was a the business military cruise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A phones A phones on me again. Yeah, it's just like um, you can use the gym if you get back alive <laughs> and in your own time, and certainly not during hypersleep. <laughs> Where's my cigar? Yeah. So let's move, let's let's sort of move on then. So talk quickly about. So we talked a lot about Cameron's uh, work after this and how this fits into Cameron's over. Have you you haven't seen any other Alien films? Um, I've seen. I think I've seen almost all of the fourth one, one with Winona Ryder, which is the um, worst Alien. Which film. is the well, okay, the worst is, Alien film without Predator in the title. Suppo- yeah, supposedly the the, the worst <laughs> Alien film um and perhaps you're right i haven't seen i haven't seen you aliens three but the thing was when i was watching aliens four the whole joke 
because um, I was with other people. Excuse me. And the joke that everyone was in on was like, this this is a terrible movie. Um, look at how terrible it is. And I was watching it and thinking, this is kind of the this is kind of an this is an interesting movie. There are lots of interesting <laughs> choices being made. Yeah, in. when this, you say interesting this is, choices, this like I I'd much rather watch a movie that is supposedly terrible because it made lots of interesting and wrong choices than a movie that's, that's bland and generic. Yeah, and yeah. and and that's like yeah. Well, I mean. Um... Let's, let's... I'm going to love the bottom 100. You really are when we land on one of those. Um... It should really be the most boring movies. Though, yeah, to find suspect... way. Well, that's the thing. You'll find, you'll find out when we do a couple of them that it's not just that they're bad. It's that they're mind-numbingly boring as well. <laughs> um, so the issue... And the issue is, right, so Cameron immediately ruled out doing any of the sequels himself, which is quite interesting because it means that Alien, the Alien franchise is basically a series that passes from director to director and everybody gets to make their mark. So Fincher uh, got to do Alien 3 eventually, uh, which went through the development hell that Alien 3 went through. Is like It's like the seventh circle of development hell. They have lots of different kind of Pokemon. I mean, Alien. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did. They in, had Alien in... that came from cows, Aliens that came from dogs. There's only one Alien in it, uh, but depending on which cut of the movie you get, it comes from somewhere else. But the big issue with Alien 3, and it's something that Cameron... So there's, there's dogs, and there's cows, and yeah. there's... It takes place in... The, ori- the original draft, the original idea, um, and it was the idea that's reflected in the teaser that trailer. Sounds... The teaser trailer that was released, right? Before the script was written. Uh, before, And this is another example of a film that was rushed to reach completion to reach a release date. So they released the teaser trailer when the film was still conceptual at best. Suggested the aliens were going to come to Earth. That didn't work out. Uh, they talked to William Gibson. William Gibson came up with a number of ideas that were just terrible, um, despite being William Gibson. Um, then William they settled. Gibson. They settled on the idea of it taking place first of all, taking place on a prison planet, then taking place on a wooden space station, uh, which was a wooden space station, which was wooden going to be a mon- space station. Yeah, which was going to be a monastery. Wooden um, monastery. Very space station. Space station. Uh, and what happened with the third film was it ended up an amalgamation of these things. Where it ended up taking place on a prison planet where Charles S. Dutton plays a religious convert. And not a wooden space station. No, no, it's not, alas. Oh. Um, but the original starting point for Alien wow. 3. Yeah, I know. Like, if you want to, the Alien Quadrilogy box set is a fantastic buy. You picked up really cheap. And At has... what point in the process did somebody ask, I like this, but... Why Does on earth would you build a would you build a wooden space station? You complete another. How did you get in here? Yeah. Well, <laughs> did we pay you for this draft? Why is it written on toilet paper? <laughs> in I blood. Think, I think it's an interesting concept. I think I think like the one the, the thing that the third film does, uh, particularly with relation to the second film, is it kills off uh, Newt and it kills off uh, Hicks. And it kills them off off screen to the point where there's a graphic autopsy sequence of Newt as well, which seems incredibly mean spirited. Oh, um, it's the one thing when Cameron saw the film, Cameron is generally quite polite to other directors and particularly when other directors are handling his work. He's, he's generally very kind when he's talking about people who are directing the Terminator films. Yes. And he actually came out and he said like, he's a big fan of David Fincher. He thinks David Fincher did great work on the film. 
but he felt personally that killing off Hicks and killing off Newt at the start of Alien 3 was a mistake and it was perhaps a betrayal of the film that he had made um, which isn't and it's like it's kind of one of those cruelly ironic things where when Cameron released the film he took to the page of Starlock which is a science fiction fantasy music, uh, magazine to answer questions from scientifically obsessed science fiction obsessed fans um, and his closing line in that article written in 1986 was by the way it's not in the goddamn cat and it's not in Newt either. I would never be that cruel. Which is ironic given that exactly what happened in the third film. So it is, it's a, it's a rather bitter, bitter legacy. But on the other hand, and I think that Alien 3... No, that's, I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to go to sleep and I will be having nightmares now. I was, I was, all, I was all happy having, the fairy having, tale having watched... The aliens and having seen the fairy tale ending, yeah, it was all wrapped up in a in a neat bow. Neat oh, bow. you you think like aliens three? Aliens sure, three a lot of people died, but Hun- hundreds <laughs> even of people, <laughs> and there was also a significant dollar value <laughs> attached to that facility. But it had a happy ending for the characters you liked. But um, yeah, so Alien Three is and it's bleak and nihilistic. It also ends with Ripley killing herself. As well, if you want to get... Like, Alien 3 is an incredibly bleak, nihilistic work. Um, to the point where I almost admire it. I think, if you're going to check it out, check out the assembly cut. It's like, Alien That's 3... That's interesting. Like, it, like I, I, I sometimes do feel like there aren't enough bleak, films. nihilistic films. And then, and then I watch <laughs> a bleak, nihilistic <laughs> film. Or, or read a bleak, nihilistic book. And, and generally stop reading or stop watching. <laughs> yeah. And that's why they don't it. make them, man. That is why they don't make well, them. Well, I'll tell you I've what. I've always make... wanted to make one myself. <laughs> and not, not heeding my own... Um... <laughs> Your own threshold for such yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So with that, let's take a look at where Aliens ranks in the top 250 movies ever made, according to IMDb. All right, so it was number 64 when we landed on it last time. Yeah. So let's take a look and let's see. First of all, Andrew, do you think it deserves to be on the list at all? Would you consider it to be one of the top 250 movies of all time? Yes. Okay. Um, and and I'm, I'm basing... I do base my answers to these questions on what we've seen already. Okay. However, the second part, uh, the second question that I believe you're going to ask, does this deserve to be number 64? Well, even how does it does it deserve to rank higher than Jaws? No, no, it doesn't. No, and it is it, it is one hundred percent. Yeah, doesn't. I I I, w- I would almost switch the, Jaws, the rankings. Jaws and 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 Aliens. And I'm sorry. I think I uh, yeah. I I mean, in some in some ways, Aliens was um, better because it was uh, grander and tried to achieve more. But Jaws was perfect, because um, and it 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 achieved everything that that it 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 set out to, if 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 that makes sense. Would 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 that be something you would agree with then? I kind of would, and I would I would definitely put Jaws higher than Aliens on my own personal list. Yeah, um, and I would suggest that maybe sixty four is probably a little bit high. I would probably it might scrape my top hundred. Here's a question for you. 
would you rank it higher or lower than the original Alien? And that's uh, just for frame of reference. The original Alien is number 53 on the list at the moment. I'd rank it lower. So would I. Uh, I would agree with that assessment. And um, I think it's it's generally seen as one of the better sequels ever made. Oh, it is. And, and it is. Um, however, uh, it's still... I think suffers somewhat from sequelitis. Okay, when you say sequelitis, it's it's a a, a, a chronic condition that affects many movies <laughs> that affects by, many movies released uh, by Hollywood in the current release cycle. But yeah, I mean, specifically one about aliens, where it's it's a heightening. Okay, so there have to be more aliens. <laughs> um, Hence the title. Yeah, it's like um, we spoke about uh, Star Star Trek. Yeah, earlier on in the Next Generation. You have the Borg, who are these fantastic, unstoppable robot cybernetic things. robot cybernetic organisms. They're they um, who are going to assimilate um, all of mankind and all of of, of all of life of any all, all of life and all technology is is going to be consumed uh, by the Borg, and it's only a matter of time. They're coming. Sorry. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah, they're like globalism. Um, they're like globalization globalization or communism depending on how you want to read it we can have yeah, that discussion yeah. at some point um, but um they um had a sequel or uh, if 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 you like to star trek the next generation and i i know that star trek the next generation is not the original um we're talking about Hence star trek the original the next series. generation yeah. the next generation it's is a bit of a giveaway is itself a sequel i accept that um, Star Trek Voyager um, also has the Borg, and it just runs them into the ground. Absolutely, there, 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 there are more of them, but, but that doesn't make it better. But it doesn't make it better because because there are more of them, you have to kill more of them. But that uh, which diminishes their threat, which diminishes. And their I think threat. that's a and fair point. With not aliens. only do you have to heighten it to that point, but you have to find something that 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 is even more threatening than a. Than a single Borg, or than the Borg, yeah, you yeah, have to you have to come so, up with the so Borg you have to queen introduce the... kind of yeah, and and it, it it gets a bit ridiculous where the the first iteration in 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 the case of Alien um, was presented as this unstoppable. terrifying unstoppable uh, creature, and then in 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 Aliens that is that you, is not you've got the case. Plenty of them that are yeah, mowed down. Big, 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 yeah, big, because you have these um, new characters. The Marines, if you like, who 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 are, if you will, if you will, yeah, <laughs> uh, who are who are who are more deadly than than the aliens, which which yeah, which 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 made it a worse movie rather than a better. In my, I opinion. I would argue, I I think the genre shift is defensible. I think sequelitis is traps an unfair charge. I think that it's it's going from like no, it's very it's very unfair. Um, I'll <laughs> <laughs> readily acknowledge. <laughs> I'll already acknowledge that this is this is me saying why um, why you one rank of it the lower reasons than... why I would rate, rate it rate it lower than Alien. I'm not I'm not like I said earlier. Um, not taking a, a dump on it. It's, okay. it's I. I think that shifting genres is a very clever thing to do. I think that's why it ranks so highly. I think the only reason I'd rank Alien higher than Aliens is because Alien is simply is a little bit they better. Sh- they shifted genre with Starship Troopers too. And 
And, and, and that didn't make the I 250. Don't, I didn't, don't think it did. No, I don't think it made no. the 250 at all. <laughs> um, and I think that Aliens, if we're talking about its legacy and its impact, like, I think that it it kind of defined... Like, we talked about how Jaws and Star Wars defined the modern blockbuster. I think mm-hmm. that Aliens had a bit of a legacy as well, where it did... You talk about sequelitis and stuff like that. I think Aliens is one of the great examples of going bigger with a sequel. Uh, as opposed to just repeating the formula. Like Jaws 2 is it's it's like Jaws 2, Jaws 3D and Jaws the Revenge. Like it's never at any point a herd of sharks, for example. No. You know? It's always it's or even like Friday the thirteenth, it's it's never like it's a herd of serial killers. I think aliens sort of set the template where you go bigger, um, and you go whatever. Uh, I think that may be like I think that, that its legacy might not be entirely perfect or I- idealized or whatever. But I also think it set the template in terms of like recruiting directors who had worked on smaller indie fair and giving them like big budget tent poles giving them like uh blockbuster spectacle is that really what james cameron is or or did he well i mean terminator was made on a tiny budget yeah terminator was made on a tiny budget like it's practically it would be an indie film by any modern standard i would yeah um akin to something like primer or having said that yeah, I mean, I mean, it it, it was it, it wouldn't have been as big a hit as uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. No, was. and and it wouldn't have had the same budget as Terminator Two: Judgment Day. No, like, no. Terminator Two: Judgment Day. But it, in 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 terms of cultural significance, like I'll, I'll... I don't think I think Terminator Two: Judgment Day, and I don't think it's a better film. To be clear on this, I think the original Terminator is better, but I think right. Terminator Two: Judgment Day has a bigger cultural impact. Is, is Terminator not to an extent make? Arnold Schwarzenegger, the the, the star. It did, uh, but it was Terminator Two that secured his brand. Like it's Terminator Two that gave you the lovable father Arnie. You know, it, that it gave you like Arnie as not as like Arnie was already tired of being an action star. <laughs> and wanted to be in movies like Jingle All the Way. Yeah, and that's just, what Terminator just, Two made yeah. possible. But I mean, no. Well, one time. <laughs> well, so I'm doing these cuddly father movies. I want to maybe do politics. Governor, <laughs> governor. Um, but yes, yeah, so, no. I think that's like Terminator Two transitioned Arnold Schwarzenegger from R-rated films um, to, I would suggest, a blockbuster icon. That would be my argument. Because right. I mean, you're talking about stuff like, say, Predator, or stuff like Red Heat, or stuff like Running Man, um, right. which are great, uh, and I love them. I love them dearly. I think that if you're talking about Terminator 2, put him on a completely different level. I would suggest, um, like, I, I would that would be my argument, and my argument would be that you see a lot of what Cameron did with Aliens happening uh, with other blockbuster properties today. So you have stuff like Josh Trank does Chronicle, and he gets hired to do Fantastic Four. Christopher Nolan um, does, for example, uh, Memento. Was, was that the right decision? To get Josh Trank to do Fantastic Four? No, it was a spectacularly <laughs> ill-judged decision on everybody's part. But occasionally, yeah. well, works... which uh, they make reboots of. of yeah. they they've done two Fantastic Four movies. They've since, done three since the last time I've been to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> and neither of them have worked. No, they've done three. They did three. They did. Either they're making too many Fantastic Four movies, or I don't go to the dentist enough. Or it could be both, Andrew. It could yeah, be both. Could be both. But yeah, so stuff like say the Christopher Nolan model, the uh, Colin Trevor Morrow. Like I think that Cameron set the precedent for a lot of that. So like the idea of hiring a director who did indie work and getting him to do what is effectively a big bombastic blockbuster. So James is the man we have to blame. Well, I think that well, like if you're gonna if you're gonna argue like Cameron, there's a reason that two of Cameron's films are the highest grossing films of all time. It's the reason that Titanic was the highest grossing film of all time. Uh, and then there's a reason that Avatar beat it. 
Like I think Cameron knows is a very good, is a very canny operator, understands audiences. There is only one one um, task left to do, and it's going to fall to Andrew as host. What so, we're going to do is we're going to pick the movie for next week. That and is correct. We're keeping the uh, we're keeping the negative integers in here, so there's a chance we could end up with one of the worst movies of all time. Andrew, would you You're press the assistant. randomizer? There we go. And the number is oh minus sixty one. The sixty one worst movie of all time. So it's happened, people. It has happened. Ironically enough, fanfare. Are you ready for this, Andrew? I don't know. If we're going to watch the 61, 61st worst movie of all time. It's a 1996 movie. We can talk about sequelitis all Sounds we want great. for it. It's Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace. The sequel to Lawnmower Man starring my, Pierce Brosnan. My goodness. We, we, we just spoke about sequels. Yeah. Um, now, now this, this will have me long... For, for <laughs> the halcyon days of aliens. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, the movie is going to be Lone War Man Two Beyond Fires, uh, Beyond Cyberspace, <laughs> directed by Farhead Man, uh, starring Patrick Bergen and Matt Frewer. So we're going to talk about that next week. So before oh, we go, let's Patrick talk a bit about Bergen. Eh? Yeah, uh, man's never steered me wrong before. Let's talk about what we're doing at the moment. Andrew, what are you up to at the moment? Well, what I'm up to at the moment is mostly like yogurt mixed with nuts seeds um a bit of peanut butter um and dried fruits um not so much of the hot sauce this week thank you um and 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 i'm on um i was about to say tinder (laughs) i'm on twitter (laughs) <laughs> swipe right on twitter um it's a q u i n n i u q a yeah and um i i i i put up some photos um for for any of you who guessed correctly that uh it was blessington uh road park you were correct and also you never tweeted me so you don't win and that's all Thank you. Uh, I can be tweeted at Darren underscore Mooney. Um, the, all the other details will be in the show notes. Find me at the movie blog. Uh, also possibly on the Scanon podcast or on the journal.ie. Thank you. Good evening. <laughs>